Welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports. I'm your uh, host, Riley Pate, co-host, best friend, business partner, uh, Adrian Herndon. Our show is powered by our, uh, our media business, RNA Media. <laughs> and uh, so we are glad to be back with you for another week of sports talk. Yeah, man. It's been an interesting week for the football world, man. Uh, from high school sports to all the way pro- to professional sports. Um, interesting weekend, man. We, as you had, as we had, as we have, uh, high school sports, um, kind of, uh, starting to kind of top off at this, this week at the state, uh, championships. Um, and then college football, getting ready for the bowl games and, um, your top four teams. Um, talk a little bit about those today. And then your NFL games and, uh, all the stuff that happened, uh, yesterday. A uh, lot to unpack. Yes, a lot to unpack. But we're going to go ahead and just start this show off, off uh, as we have always or have done for the last two weeks. We're going to start it yeah, off. Just because we like the, the format kind of yeah. helps with the flow of the show. Yeah, it's, we're going to start it out with some basketball. And we're still kind of experimenting with different ways to do the show. But yeah, thought that this was, was a good start to it today. So let's dive into the NBA. Um... I want to talk about who's in a playoff position as of today in the NBA and whether or not that's sustainable. So that's going to be your first 13 teams uh, because of the play-in tournament and all that mess uh, that, they, that they've done over there. So let, let's start over there with the Eastern Conference. Okay. Okay, you've got the Celtics at one. That That's a good basketball yeah, team. Yeah, Celtics, it doesn't shock me at all. Uh, I mean, that was a good roster. That's a that's a NBA Finals roster. Mm-hmm. And then the, the only question I had was, you know, you had all of that uh, happen with M.A. Udoka in the offseason and just as the season's getting started and this back and forth. And then he's suspended for, for at least a year. And then on top of that, he's going. He's supposed to go to Brooklyn. He doesn't go. All of that. But in the midst of that, uh, they played very, very uh, good basketball. High-level yeah. basketball. And they've been able to maintain themselves, at, respectively, as uh, one of the top-scoring teams um, offensively and doing good on the defensive side as well. But Jason Tatum, and I said this before, Jason Tatum is one of those players that you could easily compare him to one of the greats, like, i.e., Kobe Bryant, because Kobe Bryant did train him mm-hmm. um, while he was still, you know, after he retired. So he learned under Kobe Bryant, and you can see that, you know, coming out in his game. Yeah. He's just, I mean, the way he shoots, the way he carries himself, uh, the way he leads the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've said this before, him, if you ever let them get loose, him and Dame, uh, Damian Lillard, could beat a whole basketball team by themselves. If you ever let, if you ever let them get loose, they could beat a whole basketball team, and that's what I think. Uh, that's what I still believe Jason Tatum could do if they actually, if he really wanted to, he could he could beat a whole basketball team. Just but by what himself. gets me is that for you know, the Boston Celtics have been that one of those that franchise. You yeah, know, one of those. I mean, there's a couple. There's them. You've got the Lakers. They're that franchise, right? That, right. That, that kind of sets the tone for the season in the NBA and all of those things. And, uh, you know, multiple championships in both cities. But for whatever reason, the past four, five, six years, Boston has not gotten the national coverage 
that they have in previous yeah. times. That that guys like Jason Tatum, it years ago he would have been at the front of everything because he's playing well. The Celtics are winning and all of that. Now uh, the, the headlines are still LeBron James. They're still Steph Curry. They're still even James Harden over in Philadelphia. Uh, they're Kevin Durant and Kyrie over in Brooklyn. Uh, they're the Greek freak. Uh, Luka Doncic even gets more coverage at times than, than Jason Tatum. Yeah. And so it's just amazing to me that we've reached a point in the NBA. That's a good, darn good basketball team. That's the best basketball team in the league, in my opinion, uh, just having watched them play and, and their style of basketball. I think that that is most certainly a championship caliber yeah. A ball club, but they're not getting any hardly national love, no national attention. Well, um, and it's kind of reached a point that if you don't live out on the East Coast, you're not watching Boston basketball. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was just thinking the same thing. You know, Boston's been that team. They've been in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been in deep, uh, made deep runs in the playoffs. But like you said, they've been it's been quiet around them nationally. So. It's like they're doing all these things, but nobody's really talking about it. You know, they're recognizing it, yeah. but they're not talking about it. And it's like you said, they're they're they are this big dynasty team next to the Lakers. You yeah. know, the the Larry and Magic uh, duel went on for years. Yes, and, you know that was a big the Celtics and the Lakers. That was a big rivalry. There's a whole thirty for thirty just on that rivalry. Exactly, and so the Celtics are that team. And to see them in the position that they're in this year, I do see them being a, a NBA finalist team. Oh, absolutely. Um, without a question. In the East and that that conference. Yeah. Yes. And I would and this is where we're talking about where the East maybe ten years ago we're talking about, people were talking about, you know, they're not as strong as the West. You know, because you know, you came from uh you came to the West you had to be. You had to expect to be physical. You had to play some yeah. rough ball. You know, you had to hang in there with the, the, the big cats. But the West is a. That's a bad conference. Yeah, now it is. Down. Now it's the East. Now you gotta. Now that's what you gotta be rough. Yeah. So it's kind of flip flop. So for the Celtics to be in the position that they are, they're in, given the circumstances uh, at the beginning of the season, um, this just shows how great of a team and how much they built and, and shaped and molded. Uh, this team and these players in this last these last two seasons to to be able to get them to where they are as of this season and I do like I said I do see them being a finalist uh, in the NBA, in the NBA the finals. Um, given that I, they do deserve the rec, uh, national recognition, uh, but they're just one of those teams that they kind of fly under the radar because it's the Boston Celtics. Like you said, if you don't live on the East Coast. You're not really watching or keeping up with the Boston Boston Celtics. Now, now you know, granted the time zone, so the the game times are a little different. Although it's not like out west, you know, where they're playing at, you know, ten o'clock our time, eleven o'clock our time, or anything like right, that. Right, right. But you do have that. But I also wonder if some of this is by design. And here's what I mean by that: if if Boston was getting all the national coverage that they've been accustomed to over the past. Decade, you know, two decades, three decades. I think that we would be talking about the M.A. Udoka situation more, and here's why. There has got to be, there is bound to be more to that story. You you have a championship caliber basketball coach who is re- well respected in the league for his basketball mind, 
He obviously knows how to lead a roster uh, of a collective group there. You know, he can handle a superstar like a Jason Tatum. He can bring in some of the young guys like they, they did last year into the fold and, mm-hmm. and get them ready to play. Does a great job. Right. They didn't lose the finals because of him. You know, it, it, it's not like, oh, he made this blunder and that blunder. I mean, they just got beat better by, by a, a better team. But you have that. And then because of a consensual internal affair, you're going to suspend him for a year? I'm not buying it. No. And, and then on top of that, not only do you suspend him for a year, but you basically tell him you're probably not going to have a job here. So we're going to let you go talk to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's already, I mean, they're ready to roll out the red carpet. You're going to be the next coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And then a day before it's supposed to happen, nothing. Silence. And Brooklyn then comes out, uh, hires an interim coach. And says, "Yeah, we're not going to pursue Ma Udoka any further." Well, th- th- there's more to it. Yeah, and and maybe it's by design at this point that Boston doesn't want that because if they start getting more of the ESPN coverage, they get more questions to be asked. Yeah, more more quick people will start digging into right. how do you go from where you were last year to now you're you're one of the greatest basketball teams in the league, and you willingly. <laughs> suspended a championship caliber basketball coach without question. Well, yeah, without any discussion, without any. And well, this is the thing, and we've talked about this numerous, multiple times on the show. Is about you know front office being more about the PR moves than they are about the faculty, the staff, and the players. And so, this is what I believe has happened with Boston. Is you know they say like, let's keep the kind of keep the cameras off of us. Yeah, because we don't like you said. More cameras, the more people are gonna dig and ask questions, and the more you're gonna have to an- give answers. And so it, it, it's kind of like saving saving base for them uh, for themselves. And, and you know, at this point, I I don't blame them, but there are questions that still need to be answered because if in fact the affair was consensual, why do you feel the need to? Suspend them for a year. Why is that important that you do that? And, and if it was consensual. Now, I understand if, you know, he was harassing and uh, making unwarranted moves and you know, all this stuff. Yeah, that stuff. would be different. Yeah, but no, but it was apparent, well, allegedly, as it was uh, reported, that it was consensual between the two. That's his business. But, but I get the feeling that that's what, that that situation is what they told the media. I, I, I get too. the feeling that there's more to it, that there's other women, there's more situations, and yeah. that it wasn't just an isolated affair. Well, it, you, we're living in the era now where it's, you know, quote, un, quote, unquote, the Me Too movement, you know? Right. And and you're coming fresh off this Deshaun Watson debacle. It, it, exactly. And, and if so, you're Boston, you can't have a Cleveland situation. Like, you, you no, can't afford that. No. And... This is this is the era that we live in, where you're starting to see more people, especially in the sports world, um, where you're you know trainers are starting to come forward about you know hey this player did this or said this and all this stuff, and so I wouldn't I wouldn't take it lightly or I wouldn't even you know kind of sweep it under the rug anything close or relative to the fact that yeah there may have been more you know. 
but like I like you said, Boston is probably intentionally not putting themselves out in the public eye as of right now until everything is kind of you know, I guess settled from within. Yeah, and 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 you get your your head coaching position under under control. <laughs> well, and it helps because they have a former head coach in Brad Stevens now as their president of basketball operations. Yeah. Very good basketball mind. You know, I, I thought when all that happened that oh he'll just step in. He'll take the. He didn't want to do that. What for whatever reason, that's his prerogative. But he's done a good job, in my opinion, as the president of basketball operations of keeping everything tight, mm-hmm. in house, not letting too much leak, yeah. not letting there be a lot of talk. He does have a lot of young guys on that roster that don't need that kind of exposure. Yeah, you've got a rookie head coach. I mean, all of those things, and so he's looking around, going, you know what? Let's do what we do best, and that's play basketball. Yeah. And, and I, I honestly applaud the the organization yeah. in the sense that, you know what, if there's more to the story, I think it'll come out in yeah. time. But but I think sometimes as media people and, and fans, we have to ask ourselves, is it really any of our business? Yeah. Uh, that, like, what does it matter? Yeah. Oh, that, it's their organization. Well, they can they can handle this internally, and it really doesn't matter whether we know the whole story or not. No. We just have to accept the fact that they know, and based off of what they know, I think what changed the narrative with that kind of a story in sports is that everything with Deshaun Watson became... And, and, and let me just point out, Deshaun Watson is integrated into a basketball conversation. That's how much that situation That's changed how bad the was. sports world. Yeah. But but I think what changed our, our thinking on these type of stories is how public all of that became. The messages became public. The uh, interactions, to some extent, were made public record because of testimony. Yeah. You have you have women, you know, still to this day coming out and saying, well, this, that, and the other. And so I think that that changed the way that we view those situations, where now we want to know all the details. Now right. we want to know, well, who did what, what was said... Where really and truly, at the end of the day, that's between him, the organization, and the people affected. Not anybody else. And if the organization deemed it necessary to suspend him and probably not bring him back, by all accounts, he's not going to be the coach of the Celtics next season or any year after that. But if that was their intention and that is their how they feel about it, okay, you're 21-6. and six. Yeah. Like you, you lead the Eastern Conference. Who cares? And I think that that was the genius move of the Celtics. And, and, and I'm going to give the credit to Brad Stevens because he's uh-huh. the, the head of that organization is if we win, people won't care about And it's not a cover-up. It's just we did our due diligence. We we did the right yeah. thing. We disciplined him. But we don't want to have to get into the sort of details. So you know what? Let's discipline him. Out of sight, out of mind, he's gone. Let's go win basketball games. Yeah. And, and I applaud them for being able to keep that it's a relatively young roster over there in Boston. I applaud them for being able to keep the focus on the on priority, basketball. and that is basketball. winning basketball games. I yeah. think that that's where Houston, the Texans, got off track with the Deshaun Watson situation. I think that's where Cleveland has gotten off, is that it quit being about winning games, and it became this PR war, and, and who could look the best, and doing this and doing that. Boston focused on the priority, of why they pay those coaches, why they pay those players, and that is to win basketball games. So I, I applaud them. 
I think it's great. They're in first place. Yeah. Uh, you've got Milwaukee in second. That's no surprise there. Milwaukee's a good basketball club. I, I don't see them the same way that I do Boston, but that's a, that's a good basketball team. You've got those Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, for the last two or three years, the Cavs have been, like, in it. Yeah. They've been that team. But you're like, who plays for them again? Like, wait, Exactly. What? Like, you don't know who's on it now. Uh, um, Donovan Mitchell is now on that team. Yeah. Doing a good job. And, you know, when they played the Lakers uh, the other night, he put the Lakers to sleep. Um, that was one of the games, you know, that was big because, you know, LeBron's back in Cleveland. Yeah. And, you know, and Donovan Mitchell made it his home, you know. Yeah. With the Lakers asleep. And LeBron. I, but Cleveland, like you said, for these last three years maybe. Have been in it. Yeah. But you still wonder, what about that roster? Like, but see, that, see this, is, this is where we talked about, you know, how Boston has been quiet. Has been quiet. Stuff, but Cleveland's been quiet as well. And all focus is on, our, is on Milwaukee. You know, the Greek yeah. freak. You know, even though they're the number two, they're the uh, number two team, but all focus, the spotlight's on them. Well, because I think that we expect so much out of uh, the Greek freak. I, I think and, you know we expect every night to be greatness. We expect yeah. an MVP caliber player every time he takes the court. And so I think that a lot of the attention that Minnesota gets is simply because he's there. You know, if he wasn't there, yeah, you don't probably don't that. talk about Milwaukee. But because he is, and we we put that expectation, it's what we did with Kyrie in his younger days out in Cleveland. You got to the point where you expected him to score 40 every single night. Right. And if he didn't, it disappointed you. And, and that's kind of where we're at uh, with the Greek freak. Let's see, uh, moving on here. Some other uh, surprising teams. Of course, Nets should be in fourth, right? With that roster, all that money. <laughs> but, but honestly... Of, in, in the next part of this I want to talk about was whether or not some of this was sustainable. My opinion, that's not su- sustainable in Brooklyn. No. You, you get the feeling that right now they're kind of treading water. It's like a teetering and tottering tower right but, now. But the debt is not sustainable over the rest. We're not even at Christmas. Yeah. That's... You know, the, the, the old saying is, you know, the NBA really starts on Christmas Day. So... You know, because that's when it starts getting real kind of, you know, you start seeing who's what. We haven't gotten there, so they've tra- kind of tread water. After watching a, a couple of their games and, and just seeing there, that's not sustainable basketball, in my opinion. You never know who you're getting on what given night. Outside of Kevin Durant, the rest of that roster is a complete question mark. Does Kyrie want to play? Does Ben Simmons want to play? Is Kyrie just playing well enough to get traded? You know, how long is Ben Simmons gonna take the to, to the abuse of the fan base before he says, you know what, I'm out. I, I don't want to do this. You know, do, does Kevin Durant really want to be there at this point, or is he there because nobody really wanted him and that contract and that whole situation? It just seems like they're doing enough to keep their head above water for the time being. But yeah. you look at that roster, you look at their style of play, and you if it's not for Kevin Durant, they're not winning basketball games. And over the course of this season, a long season, Kevin Durant's had multiple serious injuries. Uh, he is still one of the best players in the NBA, hands down. 
No, no question there at all. But you begin to wonder how long can a team put all the weight on his back for for us? You know, how long can you get away with that? How long can a team continue to ride him over the course of a season, night in and night out, where every game it feels like is a must win? And, and what I mean by that is it see it feels like you get the feeling with that club, with that basketball team, that. Because of the things that happened in the offseason, because of the the uh, characters that are involved here, yeah, that one loss could cause everybody to go, you know what, what? no, that's yeah. it, we're <laughs> that's done, see, it's yeah. not going to work. It's like kicking a cornerstone from under, I mean. And you get that feeling into, that's not sustainable basketball. Yeah. Over the course of a long season, you can't. Play that way, night in and night out, yeah, and expect you're, you're everybody. You're playing on eggshells. You're walking I just on eggshells around everybody. Me. It's bad for the Nets. It's bad for the organization. But then again, it's bad for all the rest of the guys that are on the team because you're seeing guys who are supposed to be leaders uh, on, on the team. You know, or what yeah. will be looked up to as leaders, and you see, you're seeing them. Well, they're not sure about anything. You're not sure if one really wants to play. You're not sure if the other really wants to be there, and you're not sure if the other one is going to play at all, or when, if he, what nights he's going to show up to play. And so those are those three that Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and uh, Kevin De, Kevin uh, Durant. It's like it's it's watching, like I said, it's a teeter tottering tower. That's waving and and all this in the wind, waiting to fall. It's like a marriage made on the Jerry Springer show. Like yeah, it, because it's a joke. <laughs> and, and and the the Nets are are too much of a respectable organization. Uh, well, was until they fired Steve Nash for no apparent reason. And yeah, he he became the fall guy. Yeah, and they really, would be in this position whether he's the coach or not. Right. And so this is the thing is. In order for Brooklyn to get any kind of stability, they really need to sit down with those three and ask yeah. them, what do you want? And what how, how can we help you? Because if you're not going to, if you don't want to play, if you don't want to play, and if you don't want to be there, and if you are questionable whether or not which night you're going to show up to play at all, help us out. Help us help you. Because you can't have another Ben Simmons issue where he sits on the bench for two years, nothing's wrong. You can't have a Kevin Durant every se- season in and out. Oh, I want to be traded. I want. I don't want to be here. Or Kyrie. Well, I don't feel like playing tonight. Okay, what? When do you feel like doing anything, Kyrie? I mean, come on, you haven't felt like doing anything since you left Cleveland. Yeah. Now, granted, I give you. You know, when you went to the the Celtics, you know, okay. You, you you did a little something, but after that, you since you've gotten to Brooklyn, you haven't felt like doing anything. Right. What's going on? And so you have to sit them down. You have to ask them them questions, or you're gonna you're not gonna be stable in anything. Now they're the number four team right now, right? Yeah, but I I don't think yeah, that's it's, sustainable. It's a, it's a shaky. That that is a sixteen and twelve fourth place team. That's yeah. how bad that that conference has gotten. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Philadelphia, and now. Credit to Doc Rivers. To yeah. be able to be where he's at with that roster. You got James Harden. That's not sustainable basketball. Not in the sense he'll win you some regular season games every once in a while. He's but not reliable. That, in he's the not reliable in the playoffs. 
You don't really have a whole lot. You've got Joel M, uh, Joel and B, but that's about it. Yeah. And outside of that, you have nothing around you. This is how bad. I can, and it, it, I, I want to talk about this kind of right now. And we're going to get to the Western uh, Conference here in a little bit after we get done with the East. But I want to talk about how bad this was. Uh, the other night they played the L.A. Lakers, and they were down. They held them at, at, at first. It, at one point, it was an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter. Final seconds, they let the Lakers come back within 10 points. Lakers come within 10. The the Philadelphia fouled, and they fouled, and they let them get on the wing and shoot and shoot, and boom, there you are. The final 17 seconds left in the game, and you're about to lose. The yeah. Lakers are on your trail. And the only thing that And that's not a very good Lakers team. No. And, and and it's a struggling Lakers team. You know, you see the streaks where they're in and they're out. You know? Yep. And and you're talking about Philly dominating the whole game. And in the final seconds where you're supposed to put the game away, now you're putting Lakers on the free throw line and setting them up on the perimeter to be able to shoot and come back. And so here you are on Lakers on the free throw line. The only thing that keeps the Lakers from beating them in the in 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 the fourth quarter, final seconds, is that the Lakers missed two crucial free throws that could have put the game away, you know. And instead, it sent them to overtime, and you go go on to beat them in overtime. But it should have never got there for Philly. And, and this is why I, I get get at is because you have James Harden now, and and they brought him in the final seconds, thinking you know, okay, he's going to finish it off for us. No. Couldn't do that. He couldn't put the game away. No, not at all. Joel Embiid couldn't put the game away. Joel Embiid, for him to be, I guess, who he is in the in the NBA and for that team, he's not showing too much. Now, he does just enough to keep them in it. Yeah. But he's not the game changer that everybody wants him to be. I mean, he never has, has really been. And I see why Shaq and, and Charles Barkley get on him a lot. Because the same way they got on him, they get, uh, they got on him. They get on AD as well, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I see why because Shaq and you know when and Charles Barkley playing in that area, you know they were tough, physical, yeah, putting up forty points, and you know that's their standard for a center, a big guy. You're supposed to do that, and so many times Joel Embiid has failed, and. Philly could be a whole lot better, but I I I really don't think Joel Embiid has has that in him to be that game changer that they think he should be. And when you have you you don't have a solid roster. You have like I said, you have Harden, you have Embiid. That's all you have. Um, other than that, you don't play a good defense. Um, you play a good, all right offense, but in order to keep you in games. Against a team like Lakers, you can't allow foul trouble. You cannot allow open shots. You just can't do that, especially in the final seconds where you should be putting the game on ice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's those are crucial moments. Well, and a shooter like Harden should be able to shoot the lights out, be the dagger in the 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 heart. Yeah. If Joel Joel Embiid's going to be that franchise guy, he should be the one that you can put in there and and he comes in, okay, that's it. Right. And neither one of those two guys fits that description at this point in their career. No. Joel Embiid for years we've tried to make him the franchise guy, the the cornerstone of the 76ers, 
and he's just not. No. That and, that's the reality. That's, yeah. And it's like they haven't figured that out yet. James Harden isn't the answer either. Well, I, I think they haven't figured it out because the fans love him. He's been there, you know, long enough now that you you've got every franchise. It seems at this point has to have that one guy. You know, we've got to have the face. We've got to right. have something to put out there. Harden, in in years past, would have been that guy. Not because of the, he was the greatest player on the court, but he carried that kind of weight. Because here's James Harden that was in Oklahoma City. Here's James Harden that was in Houston. Here's James Harden, you know, that was in Brooklyn. But then it he got to Brooklyn and it started to fade. Yeah. Now fun. now he's just more of the complimentary piece. And I think that that's where Philadelphia is kind of struggling right now is they got a James Harden that's on the back end of his career. Yeah. He doesn't carry the same weight uh, in, in today's NBA that he did. Five, six years ago. Yeah. And so, you, you're looking, you've traded off Ben Simmons, who was supposed to be that guy. That clearly didn't work out. I mean, by the end of it, he, he was at it with the GM, and and uh, he was at it with Doc <laughs> Rivers, and the, the, you know, famously said, I don't want to play here because the fans, you know, mistreat me, and I don't get the respect, and all that mess. You know, famously had the... Uh, uh, Psychiatrists come in, all of those things. Yeah, and so you have to trade him. Who's the the guy left? Joel Embiid. Yeah, and, and I think that by default, everybody wants him to be the franchise guy because he's the one who's stuck through all of this, been through the coaching changes, all of those yeah. things. But when you look at him as a basketball player, he is not the traditional franchise player that we're accustomed to seeing no. in the NBA, where you hand him the basketball game seven of a series, and he's going to go single-handedly pretty much put a game away or win a ball game. He's not that guy. Yeah. But by default, if you're Philadelphia, he kind of has to be. Because yeah. you, don't, you don't have anybody else on that roster. You don't have a guy who can put a game away, put a series away, anything like that. It's yeah. just not going to happen. It, it is a poorly built, poorly built team. Uh, Philadelphia is, but I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't do much unless you you have to trade some pieces. You got to move some pieces around to go and get somebody who who is that player. Because, like you said, James Harden's on the back end of his career. And it's sort of like the Kyrie Irving situation. You know, once yeah. he left uh, Cleveland and then Boston and got to the Nets, it's like you know, it kind of just that kind of just faded away, and. But does that say more about Brooklyn, or is it about these players? I think it's, that, that's two. That's two players that yeah. were at, before Brooklyn were primary I, I think, faces. Yeah, I think it's because of the players. It's not Brooklyn. I say it's the players that they got because you look at James Harden. James Harden Harden is not what I would say. He's not your ordinary average team player. He's not a team player. He's more no. of a standalone, standout. I'm going to shoot my three. Exactly. Who cares about gonna, anything else? Yeah, I'm going to do what I do. So that's where it got stale in Houston because he had a good team. He had uh, Chris Paul. Nobody wanted to play with him. Yeah, you had Chris Paul. You had Westbrook. And you had you had a team in Houston, but it still wasn't clicking. You know, it was still all about James Harden. Yeah. And then so you leave Houston, you want out of Houston, and you go to uh, Brooklyn, right? Yes. 
You go to Brooklyn. It's still about James Harden. You know, you he, he tried to be that guy. Yeah. When you already had Kyrie and Kevin. Right. And so But but think about ten years ago, let's see, what year is this? Twenty twenty two. Okay, twenty twelve. Think about this. Oklahoma State. I mean o- Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City Thunder. What if let's just play the what if game. What if those guys had stayed? Oklahoma will have about three. Exactly. Maybe four. But but you can't tell me that those three guys, Westbrook, Harden, Durant, they would never publicly do this. But you can't tell me that in the recesses of their minds, they don't sit there and go, you know what, we should have just... Hashed out our differences. Put the egos aside, stayed in Oklahoma City. We could have picked off three or four championships. Exactly. Golden State maybe doesn't become the juggernaut that they became during that era, you know... it, it it's the easily yes a basketball. It's easily Oklahoma, Oklahoma City at that point. It's now they would probably go toe to toe with uh, Golden State, but yeah. they would be the better team. Um, but it, you and you look at it since they've broken up the three of them, they've been Kevin Durant's gotten a uh, a, a, a ring. cheap ring. Yeah, that he picked off. Yeah, he's gotten a ring. Westbrook's got nothing. Westbrook no, but he's been a top scorer. And James Harden, nothing, but he's shot he's all the been three. a top scorer and in the NBA playoffs as well. So all this success they've gotten by themselves, you put that all together and you got you a, a a handful of rings. But I think where they Kevin Durant, James Harden, West, Russell Westbrook, they they all got caught up in what is our legacy gonna be. Yeah. But here's where they messed up. Kevin Durant's legacy is marred because everybody sees it as a cheap championship. You mm-hmm. went to the greatest team in basketball. You created a super team. All that. You chose that. Right. So you just went and picked off an easy one. You don't get credit for that. Kevin Durant does not get credit for the championship in Golden State. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry do. And it's just kind of like, well, Kevin joined those three. Yeah. Didn't help his legacy. Russell Westbrook. James Harden, all these records. Russell Westbrook, you know, went on that tier where he was getting a triple-double every night. Like, yeah. left and right, you name it, Russell Westbrook gets another one. And then you have James Harden shooting threes like there's no tomorrow. But what do they have to show for it? Nothing. Right. That's what... There's a lot of really good basketball players. I, I would even say that there's a lot of greats. But there's not a lot of legends. You, you no. think about it. There's a lot of great basketball players. I mean, you, you could name them off one right after the other. You know, uh, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Scottie Pippen. Dennis Rodman even could be in that conversation. Uh, Bill Paxton. Isaiah T- All these different ones. And you could go on and on. Yeah. But the ones that are truly legendary. On one hand. Michael Jordan. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant. That's it. That are truly untouched, never going to have their reputations marred, legends. Well, I mean, the other guys get mentioned in conversations every once in a while, but we don't we don't talk about them like they're some otherworldly human being. But those four don't dare tear into them. No. You, you see what I'm saying? 
And that's where these guys made a mistake, in my opinion, those three, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, is that they all thought, we're going to get into the legendary status on our... What's going to happen? You're talking about three really good to great basketball players who will simply be remembered as a bunch of stat collectors. They'll make the Hall of Fame, no question. Russell Westbrook will make it because he's got the triple-double records and all those things. He He's had a long enough career. James Harden, you can't keep the greatest three-point shooter of all time. You know, yeah. one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. You can't keep him out of the, the, the Hall of Fame. Kevin Durant will get in there just because of the total collection of of uh, records that he's kind of amassed and where he stands on on different things as far as the record books are concerned. But none of them have achieved truly legendary status. No. And that that's what's interesting to me. I, I, I'd say in today's game, the only one, and you're probably, you're probably going to disagree with me here, and I, the only one that comes close to that is LeBron James. Simply because of what he's done I in his career. I disagree with you. I, I don't think he deserves it, but I think you're right. Yeah. He and, and I okay. I get what you did. You know, you don't think he deserves it. I get that, and I probably would agree with you on that one too. But it, LeBron James is the only one. And then, of course, after LeBron James, uh, when he finally retires, whenever that will be, he then you'll have. You, it won't be KD. It won't be none of the three that we're talking about right now. But we're talking about Jason Tatum. And then we're talking about uh, Booker. And then we're talking about even Zion Williams. Zion Williams. And then we've been talking about Trey, Wall, uh, Trey Young over in Atlanta. Yeah. And so those are the guys that are coming up because they've learned how to play with a team. And Yeah, and they're not all looking for that next contract. Yes. Now, Westbrook now with the Lakers, he's learning how to play with the team. But he learned it a little too late. Yeah. Some of the team, in my opinion, that's not a championship. Yeah, and, when he, and you're right. He's learned it at a point where he's also on the back end of his career. Yeah. You know? So he it's kind of like he has to. You know? And so he's starting. He's the only one out of the three. But as far as Harden and, and, Harden and KD, you have to, you have to really settle in your mind that they're not, and I say it again, they're not the team players. But if they would have just put their differences aside and focus on winning, just winning, mm-hmm. they'd be great. They'd be able to be considered up there with LeBron and maybe Kobe and all those guys. But as of right now, no, because they've tarnished their careers. And here's what I want to say when I said LeBron didn't deserve it. LeBron's not an, a legendary basketball player. In my opinion, if it wasn't for social media, LeBron James would not be as popular as he is. If, if LeBron James played in the 90s, or even the early 2000s, in the pre-social media era, LeBron James would not be the superstar he has become. If LeBron James played in the 90s, LeBron... I, LeBron wouldn't played, even be in the top 10. No, if he played at the caliber that he's playing right now, he'd be just like everybody else. Yes. He, he'd just be just like a regular... Because that's how good the 90s era was. Oh, I yeah. mean, you yeah. had Jordan, you had Kobe coming in, like Shaq. Shaq, um, yeah. And all these... Isaiah Thomas. All, all these guys that could eat... And, and LeBron's putting up 30 and averaging 30 plus a night. They did that a lot in the 90s. That wasn't anything new. That was a regular night. <laughs> exactly. Like, if 
if Jordan scored less than 36, 35, 36, he was mad. Like he, <laughs> right. He felt like he had a bad night that night. Exactly. And so there was nothing to be compared to in the 90s because that was just, that was the norm. So yeah. LeBron would just be a regular player. You know, if he was playing at the caliber that he's been playing these last this last decade, he'd be a regular player. Uh, let's finish out this the standings here. You've got the Hawks at 6, uh, the Pacers at 7, Knicks at 8, Raptors at 9, the Miami Heat at 10. The Now, okay, let me part right here. You want to talk about a disappointing franchise. Because in the bubble, with that that basketball team, I thought, here we go. You got Bam Adebayo. You had uh, Tyler Hero. You had the, the, this yeah. collection of young guys that I thought they're going to really t- – you have Eric Spolster over there, great basketball coach. I said, they're, they're about to be prominent again. And we haven't heard a peep. At all. Well, we did the season after. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but they're not. They haven't really made that run. I really expected that next year they're going to be back in the final. Yeah, didn't happen. No, you're right because I did. I I did the same. I thought the, the following year they were going to win it after they got yeah, beat by the Lakers. I, yeah, I I thought no question oh, yeah. this team will be back right. because uh, Adebayo had been hurt. Right, and I said, man, I, I really and honestly thought they were going to win it. I like because after watching them play against the Lakers, and I I say this even to this day, is that the Lakers still would have won that championship, but there would have been a game seven if they had uh, Bam Adebayo. Bam yeah, Adebayo he, he playing. He was a force on yeah. the court. I mean, you want to talk about a defensive basketball player he could score. And I watched him that year, and I thought, this is the next superstar. Like, we're going to be talking about Bam Adebayo for the next ten years. Yeah. And that's just not the case. Not that he's a bad player, but he's not – developed into that superstar that I thought yeah. that we would see moving forward. But how, but how about that, man? That That's become more relevant now in today's game of basketball. When you get those guys who you think, you look at, they're going to be big time. You know, they have yeah. that one good season. It's like, okay, they're going to be good. They're just going to be that player. Mm-hmm. And then the next few seasons, you don't hear anything about them. Yeah. That's become a lot more... Uh, common now is because I, I don't I don't understand why I don't know if it's because you know you just kind of get um, that firecracker lit under you you know like you just yeah and then it just goes out or whatever happens the next season but I, I it could be work ethnic ethic it could be attitude it could be anything but. You've seen a lot of players like that. It's like, okay, what happened to them? They've kind of just left up from under the radar. Well, well, I think with him, it's because he's in Miami. And if Miami's not winning at a high clip, we don't really talk about Miami. I think that's what hurts. Yeah, and and you know, kind of been under Jimmy Butler's shadow just a little bit. Right. You, kinda... you have Jimmy Butler over there, uh, you know, and, and so all of those things. But for whatever reason, that they were not able to fully replicate what they did in the bubble. Granted, did I think that it helped that they didn't have to go to some of those places and play? You know, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought that if they went up, slipped up, and beat the Lakers, I thought it was going to mainly be because they didn't have to go to Los Angeles and play a game five or a game six. Yeah. You know, in the arena over there. I, you know, so I thought that helped. 
But I looked at that the, the, the roster and the way that they played, and I said, you know what, here's a team who actually plays defense. Yeah. And I think that they can sustain that. And for whatever reason, it just didn't come to pass. And, and I don't see a path where all of a sudden they're going to get that magic back. You just don't. You watch them now. It's not that they're a terrible basketball team, but you don't but, see that same intensity. No. You don't see that same uh, fire out of them. And I, I don't know. I just kind of shocked me. Uh, and then you've got the Bulls at eleven, the Wizards at twelve, and the Orlando Magic right now sitting at thirteen. Mm. They would get into the playoffs right now. And they're eight and twenty because <laughs> they get that little play-in tournament. Yeah. So that, that's the Eastern Conference. Let's go to the West. Got the Pelicans. Wow. How about those New Orleans Pelicans? Zion, I mean, Zion, Zion Williamson is as advertised. Yeah, he, he, he is that guy when we was talking about last year. Should they bring him back or should they not? They should have. Yeah. And I think that now they're kicking themselves yeah. because they're going, we could have had him in a playoff series, and he said he was healthy and he looked yeah. healthy. We should have taken that opportunity. Because... Seemingly, you're going to get that opportunity this year. Yeah. But you could have possibly made a run to finals. Yeah. You, you yeah. think about yeah. it. Yeah. You, you had a chance in the West. Maybe you beat Golden State. Let's see. They would have to have gone through. You would uh, have to go through Golden State. Golden State. Um, uh, the Sun? The Suns. The Suns, yeah. I think they could have beat the Suns. I think it would have came down to a game seven. But I do think they could have they could have hung in there with the, in, in there with the Suns and beat them ultimately. You don't think they could have beat Golden State? Because we all say yes, that, that, that yes. last year's Golden State championship was kind of a and what deal. yeah yeah and, and I say yes because Golden State didn't have the same deep they didn't they they would have had to stop. Zion and the only guy I, I see them that's being able to, I guess, compare to that would be Draymond. But the only yeah. thing that the only person they would have to play is Stefan. I mean, Stefan Carey. You wouldn't have to. Clay Thompson, yes, but Clay Thompson was in and out during the finals. Right. Um, you know, he had his games, but as far as phys- physicalness, physicality, yeah, they could have. And and they were they're a younger team. True, they could have yeah, been Golden State. I, I just all Golden State, and it, and that's I'm why not swing twenty. But you, if you're the Pelicans, you've got to look back and say we might could have gone back to back. Yeah. <laughs> but oh well. And uh, <laughs> uh let's see. You've got out. Memphis, the Grizzlies at two, Denver Nuggets at three, Suns at four, King, the Sacramento Kings. Now you want to talk about a franchise that's like in the closet? Yeah, because we I, listen. Sacramento at number four <laughs> on the back sh- back of the shelf. You would have been. You would have told me that they would be number four. I just said you I laughed. Saying. Yeah, because nobody heard about no King Sacramento Kings. No, they're five. They're number five. Who's number four? Uh, Suns. I, I okay, saw all right. Yeah. Well, either way, they're in the top Still, five. Yeah. I would have thought no way. Yeah. Uh, Trailblazers at six. What is this? Uh, the Clippers at seven. You've got the Warriors at eight. Utah Jazz at nine. The Mavericks at ten. That will be a tragedy for the Mavericks if they can't put together a team around Luka Doncic. 
you had the potential for an all-time great. Who's is, is Mark Cuban still the owner? He's still oh, the yeah, owner. Yeah, he's still the owner. What he does he do? He, he's there. He sits courtside every night. He doesn't yeah, help the build the team. In yeah. the, he's doing a horrible job. Oh, I know. He. I but, think he's all for the press. He wants to be in the camera. Oh yeah, he he's just he's that guy. freaking. Computer. Uh, and then you got the Minnesota Timberwolves at eleven, your Lakers at twelve, and the Oklahoma City Thunder at thirteen with that young roster. You know who's on the periphery of all this though is the Spurs. And that's a sad case because that's not the Spurs that we know. No, that's we grew up the, in like the Spurs. Popovich were, and Popovich is still the the head coach. Yeah, and they and probably should have retired. Yeah, like, he needs to go home. Yeah, they're starting to. I don't, don't think they're starting your, to like him over there in San Antonio yeah, like, like, now. Don't ruin your legacy. Just go home. It's like he's overstayed his welcome over there. Yeah, yeah. it's grown stale. Yeah, what, where once he was that that guy, he you know he was the one that famously said, "If you shoot a three, uh, you're coming off the court. I don't shoot threes. We you know we're gonna play inside the paint. We're gonna be physical." He he had the the. Flex cut type of offense yep. that played inside the paint constantly. He did things that nobody else was doing at that point in the NBA. One, you know, won a championship doing it. But then all of a sudden, that's grown stale, and it, it was almost like the rest of the league said, "You do what you want to, but we're going to shoot threes every night. Yeah. We're going to put up, you know, fifty, sixty points, you know, per play. I mean, we're, we're going to go do this, and you stay where you're at. And that's almost what's happened <laughs> with him." Is that because he's so stuck in? This is how I want to play basketball. He he should have left, and he chose to stay. I mean, you know, that's that's his choice. He, he should have left when 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 Phil left the Lakers. Yeah, that's when he should have left the Spurs. Mm-hmm. They were they, they were both about to, around the same age, coaching careers and everything. And yeah, you you should have just left then. He, but he didn't adapt. Not at all. Nothing yeah. changed for the Spurs. And now you're seeing it. Um, Lake, you said Lakers sit at number twelve. Yeah, they got bumped up to number twelve. So, so how does this affect the trade deadline, especially if you're the Lakers? You're gonna make the playoffs. That's a bad conference. Yeah, and well, what, the trade. I, I don't know who they're gonna trade or who they're gonna trade for. There, there, there's been so, some talk of some players that they're interested in, but as far as who they're going to trade for it. But you think about it. You're Brooklyn. You're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a bad conference too. Like, outside of a couple of teams. Do you go for Kyrie or do you leave Kyrie alone? I, I think you know. Here's what it comes down to on that. Where does Kyrie want to play basketball? If Kyrie wants to play in Brooklyn, keep him. Yeah. But if Kyrie is sitting there going, "Listen, I'm just kind of with Durant on this thing. We're just trying to skate the guys till y'all decide what you're gonna do with us." But we really don't want to be here. I, I think trading. Yeah. Well, I, now I don't know what you get in return. I like think, at this point, what is Kyrie Irving worth? Is he? He's not worth an Anthony Davis. He's, he's not, not worth the first round. He's not worth a first round pick. Maybe if Westbrook wants out, but I don't see how you can afford to trade Westbrook if you're LA. Now with that contract, you know. Well, not only that, but I mean, if you trade him for Kyrie, and you and Westbrook's just getting going. That's not an even trade, in my opinion. He Kyrie's not going to be able to fill the void because Kyrie's going to want to be Kyrie. Right. Westbrook, at this point, has learned how to be a complimentary basketball player. I don't think that Kyrie's to that point yet. He claimed he was because, oh, I, I, I should have stuck with LeBron. All that. Baloney. 
You just want it out of Brooklyn. You still want out of Brooklyn. Now, where do you want to play basketball? And I think that I, that's where you have to, to ask those questions yeah. if you're going to I say trade. he wants to be in L.A., but it wouldn't be a good trade. Um, it's just like we just said. It wouldn't be – it would not – it would not sit well because you, you're just now getting Westbrook to the point where he's starting to play his role. Exactly. And Anthony Davis is and starting so, to step up. Yeah. And so it's like if if bringing Kyrie in, you have to start all over from scratch. Well, not only that, but he, the only reason he's come to L.A. is to play with LeBron. Yeah. And it's not going to be but the there same. But was, there was talks a couple weeks ago about trading LeBron James. Now, it came out that they couldn't because they finally released the details of his contract. They'd yeah. have to wait till August. But you're not even guaranteed that LeBron James is going to be in L.A. past this season. Because if he continues to push the issue of you've got to draft Bronny and you've got to do this and you've got to do that, I could very easily see a situation, even though that's LeBron James, where the Lakers say, you know what, we've had enough. You don't want to stake your claim in that one player like that. You, you, not not at this point. No. Now, if this was Cleveland ten years ago, yeah. I, you I, know, if this were or, or Miami ten years ago, or if this was Cleveland four or five years ago, then yeah, that's a different situation. Here, here's the thing. Here, here's how I see this happening, if it were possible, and if it did happen. If LeBron doesn't push the "you have to get my son and me," if he doesn't push that, then but he's going to. That's yeah, but I'm saying if he if he doesn't, just say he doesn't, then possibly say LeBron retires or he goes somewhere else. Yeah. Then you could look at getting his son. Bring him in as a rookie. Without his dad being on the roster as well. If he retires. Because I to be realistic, it seems it, it it's it's like a fairy tale dream come true type of deal. You know, you get the son and the father, and I think that's what LeBron is looking at. Oh, I, I'm I'm still fit enough and able, you know, to but play with my son. He's not. But he's not. And, and each year it's going to show. Yeah. By the time, and all his son has to do is play a year in college. Now, who's to say he's good enough to even be in the NBA? Who Who's to say he's going to be that good in college to be considered in the draft? Or if he... Decides to go across seas and play for a year or two to develop. Whatever happens, you still have to have a father and son duo. So I don't see unless the Lakers, unless uh, Palinka caves to it, I don't see it Which happening. He's been known to do. Yeah, unless, but and that's why I think uh, Jeannie Buss will step in. But if she was gonna step in, she would have listened to Magic Johnson and Phil Jackson when they said trade LeBron James. And instead, she caved to LeBron James when he said, okay, get those two out of the organization yeah. again. <laughs> the ones who won championships, not championship, championships. Ships, and he says, get rid of both of them again. Yeah. But but then later she comes out and says, he's not a Kobe Bryant. There would never be another Kobe Bryant. Like, I mean, but, but you knew this, but you decided to keep him along on the, sta- on, on the, on the roster. On the roster, and you let him single-handedly say, I don't want Phil and I don't want Magic. So How can you let him disrespect Phil like that? Is the is the thing? I as a, as your a, ex-fiance, but come on now. As a me? as a Lakers fan, that's blasphemy <laughs> because that's Phil. You don't disrespect yeah, he's the Bulls. He's I mean the Bulls three peat. Yeah, the Lakers two two peat three peat. It's Phil. Why would you let LeBron James, who has four championships with 
Two other different, players. With three different, yeah, three different teams. All surrounded by other players. Yes. Why would you let him disrespect Phil like that? If Phil says it, Phil means it. And Phil's know what he's talking about. But obviously not. Well, LeBron said you got to go, Phil. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll fly back to Montana. That's yeah, cool. Uh, I'll see y'all later. You have fun. But you don't, you, you, those, and, and Magic, Magic told them not to get rid of Brandon Ingram. Now look at Brandon Ingram. He's yep. one of the top players in the league right now. That's what happens when you hand the keys to yeah. your franchise. And over. he told them, he told them, don't, but that's the thing is, you, when you don't listen to the players or, or guys that know the game, I'm not just talking from the, the, the court, but from the outside as well. This businessmen that know how to, how to work the in and out, ins and outs of the game. We don't listen to them. You reap the, the, the benefits and the harvest of what you didn't do because they told you, get rid of this player. You need to do this. You need to do that. And you're like, you're nodding your head, but you ain't doing mm-hmm. it. And so... With LeBron, it's like I said, he's not a LeBron's a good player. You know, I can't take that away from him. Nobody can. He's a good player. But at the same time, you have to think about your team as a whole. And and right now, the Lakers are good enough um to to stay in that twelve range. If they can stay in that twelve range, they're in. But as far as making a run for it, they got some more work to, to do. And I don't know who they would get. I don't know. I don't see a, a Kyrie trade happening. I don't see a trade happening unless you're getting rid of Lonnie Walker or uh, Kendrick Nunn. But again, then you're trading away your future. Like you, I mean, you can't. I, I don't see how you can mortgage the future for this season. I, I don't. I don't, see I don't either. I, I don't either. I, and you, you look at that Western Conference. Let's say you make the playoffs. You're not going to beat New Orleans. I've seen the Grizzlies. They're actually pretty decent. Denver's always going to be in, in the mix here lately. Yeah. The Suns are the Suns. Now, you've got all those other ones. I mean, you know, you got the Warriors, Clippers, Trailblazers, Kings. You know, those are all questionable. Yeah. Would you really beat Dallas? See, that's been a big, that's a big question. Dallas has all have always been a big competition for the Lakers. Yeah. You know, those... When I mean big competition, I'm talking final coming down to final seconds of the game uh, in these last few years. But you're right. Do you do you mess up and the puzzle pieces for this season with this team who's starting to get it together? Mm-hmm. Just um, I don't see it happen because right now you're too you're too deep into the season. You're but you're heading you're. Close to the second half of the season where it gets crunch time. Yeah. You don't want to bring in a new player that doesn't haven't been there, doesn't really know the system. You don't want to bring anybody in like that. But what well, you would if it was gonna mean another championship. You're not winning a championship. It's just not gonna happen. What I'd say I it ain't broke. It's come together. It's being fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you just let Darvin Ham work, yeah, if you just let him work with this roster that you have right now, you don't have a bad roster. You have some young guys. Yeah, this is the youngest roster the Lakers had has had since LeBron's gotten there. This and really is. Mm-hmm. If you let him work with what he has right now, 
and he's doing a good job. You do that, you could possibly see a deep uh, playoff run Lakers team next year. If you just let them work this season. You can see a playoff a playoff team this late this season. If you, you just let him work, let him do what he do. He's doing as a head coach. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job. Yeah, he's he's doing the best that he can with what he's got. Yeah, and, and the games that they've lost, it hasn't been just blowouts here recently. It hasn't been blowouts. Just like I said, the the the, the Philly game that wasn't a blowout. Um, the game before that was not a blowout. So they've been in games. Um. But they're still getting they're getting it together. It's not just at the beginning it looked like a bad Lakers team, bad season on the way. But they started to get it together and they started to to focus more on who's doing what and who does mm-hmm. what best. You know, Westbrook wasn't trying to do all unnecessary passes and shots. Westbrook was is starting to play Westbrook ball. You know, right. LeBron is starting to do LeBron James things. Uh, AD is starting to be AD. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, and then you have your, you have the other guys. Lonnie Walker is starting to be your, your shooter on the wing. Uh, Austin Reeves, these last two games have shown up big time. And so you have a, this young team that you, stick with them, stick with them. I say don't trade anybody. Um, don't trade anybody. Leave it how it is. Do, get through this year. That's all you have to do. I, you know, and then, like I said, you can trade. If you do choose to trade LeBron, you can do it after August or in August. Yeah. Maybe that's where this is all headed. Maybe. If they don't, okay, if they don't make a move now, it, it starts to indicate that that would be on the table. Because now you're not doing what... LeBron's not going to be happy if the Lakers don't make a move. He's going to want to bring in somebody. That's just him. But if they choose not to... It seems to indicate that maybe we're headed to a point but, okay. where it's not just LeBron's team. But okay, if he wants to bring in somebody and he wants to stay with the Lakers, where's room for your son? That's why that's the question I have. Because if you're going to bring all these players, you want all these contracts, and your son may, may play a year in college then into the draft. Mm-hmm. Where's room for your kid? Yeah. On that on that on True. the fifteen man roster, because they still have Max Christie, who was their first round pick, who is starting to see some some game some 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 uh, game time. Yeah. Where do you where what are they gonna do with him? He's under contract for the next two three years. What are you gonna do with him? Are you just gonna let him sit aside and waste and trade him off just to get LeBron James son bring a rookie? No. They make this is why I said LeBron James wanted his son. To play with him while he's on the Lakers or whichever team, it makes no sense. But that's why I say the only way that happens is is if Polinka and the rest of the front office cave to it and say, "Okay, that's the only way that happens," and that's the only way it happens with any other team. Yeah, you, but you have to stand up to LeBron and say, "And hey, listen, no, the, you're you, you're not going to run our organization. Mm-hmm. There has to be somebody that stands up to him. Sooner or later, it's going to have to happen." I don't care what the caliber player that he is, but you got to let him know that you're not the owner, you're not the GM, you're not the head coach. You're none of those three. If you want to go do that, retire and go get your team in, yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. If you want to be all three of those, go do that. Go be the Jerry Jones of the NBA. But as of right now, you're a player. You're under our contract. Mm. You go by your terms or ours. 
or you're out the door. But somebody has to step up to Le- step up and stand up to LeBron James. You know, it's not fair to any of these other players. Like, okay, it's he gets to call who he wants. Yeah, you know? yeah, but but you've let him do it. That's I think that's where they're at. Is is you've let him do it? So is this finally going to be the point where you say that's enough? Yeah, I, I think the trade deadline has a lot to do. We'll we'll set the stage maybe for that kind of a conversation. Uh, just to kind of finish up on the basketball talk. Let's one team that stands out in college basketball right now is Alabama. <laughs> they have knocked off two number ones in two weeks. That's they just don't miss. They, they all of a sudden, man, Alabama basketball. It's like okay, the football team kind of didn't pan out this season, so basketball is picking up where football left off. Yes, yeah. right now. I, I I don't know. I haven't been watching. Either. I, I've heard a little bit about them. Uh, as far that, as them that's a beating, good basketball team, yeah. they got a good offense. Yeah. a good basketball team. I, I haven't been following college basketball as much as uh, you know. Well, because we've been kind of fishing up yeah. on some other things, but I, I, it doesn't shock me at all. Uh, it, I mean, it's Alabama. Any other team, I'm like, wow. But say Alabama because you don't hear a lot about their basketball team, but just because this tied to Alabama and, and Nick Saban has made that such a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not surprising. Yeah, not not at all. But yeah. I mean, to knock off two that's number one teams in two weeks, right? That, that's quite incredible. Light work. All right, let's uh, move on to the high school football because that's still going on here in Texas. Heartbreak Avenue. All right, you've got Longview Falls to Alito. If there was a team left that was going to do it, it was Alito. Yeah, Alito's a good football team. Uh, Coach King, I told you this. One of the best to do it. Hands down. I'm not going to question Marley Everett, uh, you know, it, at all. But, uh, having said that, he's up 14-3. to He gets the ball before the half. And instead of putting the dagger in the heart, he goes ahead and just runs the clock out. To me, you make it 21-3. Now it becomes more of an out-of-reach ball game. Because if you're Alito, you're looking at 14-3, to three, okay, we get the ball, we go down and score. Now it's a four-point game. Right. Still have to go score a touchdown, but now we're in range. At 21-3, to three, just being honest, a lot of times it's hard to get your guys to rally. Yeah, because that's like You're 21. in that locker room at halftime, and, 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 and we did it one time. But but it took all we had to, to get it going. Yeah, it's, because it, it, the kids are looking the score. We're already down big. That that's bad. Yeah, you know? it's it's different when you look at that twenty one marker and it's like, you know, because it's the twenty one skunk uh, legend, and so it's it's hard to look at that twenty one. Say okay, yeah, we we ain't coming back from that deficit. because you know? yeah. that's a three possession, uh, ball game right there. And if that team keeps driving and it's running the score up, I don't understand why he didn't do that either. Um, I don't know if he underestimated Alito. Probably so. If yeah. you're, you're up 14-3. When you've relied on that defense all season yeah. long, I mean, you know, so yeah. you just expect him to keep stonewalling them. It's, it's like I told you. Alito is a really good, they're state-ranked. They're a really good team. 
So uh, you're right. If there was anybody else to knock Longview off, it would have to have been Alito. Yeah, they were the and, last one yeah. standing. And so, opinion. I mean, great season to to Longview. But you fell short. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Ended uh, that way for y'all. Uh, another team, Timpson. You were number one. You were. That, that's the most. That was the most down. disappointing one. And then you get beat by Refugio. Yeah. Refugio, not to take anything away from them, but they're no Timpson. So, so here's an interesting thing. The head coach at Timpson is 45 and three, and all three of his losses are in the state semifinal game. <laughs> Since taking the that, job, that hurts. That burns. Like I mean, that <laughs> you had the, the best player, the two A in the state. But what do you do? Uh, okay. What adjustment do you make to be able to finally get over that semifinal hump? Do you do you beef up your defense? Do you change your defense? I mean, change your offense? Mm. Because their offense was heavily relied on uh, Bussy Johnson. Yeah. Heavily relied on. Now, they had a good running back who's a, uh, he's a sophomore, ranked so- uh, sophomore as well. Yeah. You have him. Do you focus your offense now more around that kid? Mm-hmm. You know, get him some touches, some some plays, some runs, and then your offense. I mean, your defense. That's, you, that was a darn good defense. Yeah, really. What was. I mean, what adjustment do you have to make? If you're forty five and three, and all your losses are in the semifinals. You got to get over that semifinal hump. And make you, state. You've got to, and it just one of those things. It's just I, one I, of, I hate now, it because we seen Timpson in person and I, I blown were, away. Yeah. They they would have beat most three eight teams easily, without a doubt. They, they already did beat Dangerfield. But I mean, they were better than Newton in my opinion. After seeing Newton, they were better than most of the three. All the three eight teams that I saw, I I would have put Timson up against any of them and said they're going to win. Now you know I on think both they sides too. Division one and three. Yeah, I mean, I mean division one and two. You know now I, do I think they would have had some competition with Gunner? Oh, absolutely. Would they have had some competition with like a Franklin or even a Winsboro? Because uh, I think that would have been a great shootout, you know, between those two. Yeah. You know, so you, you would have had some competition, but as far as two A goes, I oh they're hands they down. They ran the charts until but, they got to uh, the Hey, you know, it, it that's why you play the game. Now the team that lost that didn't surprise me was Chapel Hill. Thank God. I, I I didn't expect that score. I didn't expect them to get shut out in the semifinal. I've never seen that happen in the no. semifinals, but. The fact that they got beat didn't surprise me, and here's why. I figured at some point they're just going to get outscored. Like, somebody's just going to beat them because they can't stop anybody. Not only did they get outscored, they couldn't move the football. Now, that was surprising. That they lost did not surprise me. How they lost is what surprised yeah. me. They got dominated, both sides of the ball. I, I didn't see, because I remember checking those checking the score. Well, let me see what Chapel Hill is doing. Oh, it's 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 uh, fourteen to zero. Okay, yeah, they still got time. But yeah, and I thought okay, they're gonna get yeah. This Chapel they have, they run a fast up tempo offense. They got some speed. They'll get it. Yeah. Nope. Come back later. A couple hours later. Thirty five zero final. I'm like, this can't be true. They got stumped, and I don't mean. I mean, when you and that happens. That leaves more than a bitter bitter taste in your mouth. 
that's like a sickening take because it's the I've never seen that happen in the state semifinals of high school football, and and never seen the team get shut out in the in the, in the semifinals. Oh yeah, I've maybe since well since no not not even when Dangerfield was on that run with Bowman. Oh, uh, they didn't shut anybody out. I I want to say There's, Pleasant Grove shut somebody out when they went on their their run. Uh, Longview. I think the year they won state, when they're semifinal, maybe they gave up a touchdown. I, I, it's happened, yeah. but but the fact that it happened to Chapel Hill was impressive to me. But go back to the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I said eventually, but I never would have thought that somebody would just stonewall. You know, I, I thought you might beat them in a shootout because they, you know. Yeah, well, they tied their, they hog tied them. Yeah, and they could move. Up. Yeah. So here's what your state finals are going to look like. Here is the matchups. Oh, you forgot about Harmony. Harmony got lost to Poth. I was going to talk about that. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Who's running the show here? What do you mean? We're, I thought. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you said. Well, you said. But I put together a schedule. Okay. He got. He got a schedule. He has his little his pen and pad. Pad. You want to start writing the show? You start writing the show. <laughs> I don't want to write the show, man. Okay, exactly. Jumping in line. You see, this is how I get treated, guys. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. This is like cutting lines with the, yeah. la- the lunch line at school right. with I'll, the last piece I'll, of dessert. I'll, to I'll let you talk about your Harmony Eagles. Not my Harmony Eagles. Well, anymore. I'll let you talk about the Harmony Eagles. Okay. All right, so your uh, class 2A Division Two is going to be played Wednesday night. 7 o'clock, wow. you got Albany and Mart. Mart's very, very physical, very athletic. Mart is the team uh, in, in, in Division Two. You've got Holly and Refugio, uh, 2A Division One. I want to see how Refugio bounces back. I mean, you're kind of unexpectedly yeah. in a state championship ball game. I, you know, I uh, want to see how that's going to turn out. 3A Division Two is going to be Gunner, uh, who beat Canadian by three points. And they had a very good football team. And then you got Poth, who blew Harmony all to pieces and ended that Cinderella story. And Harmony got exposed in that ball game, Both sides of the ball. Because, I mean, Poth beat the holy mess out of them up front. With mm-hmm. That big offensive line. And then, you know, through this whole Cinderella story run for Harmony, they've been relying on Boston Seahorn. Athletic kid, no doubt. But he was your guy, and Poth made the adjustment. He he got a he got a big first down start the game, and then after that they put a spy on him, and it, that was it. And, and and the fact that Harmony had gone to a one dimensional type of offense, and and here's what I mean by one dimensional. Everybody griped about oh you can't run the ball, can't run the ball, can't run the ball. Well, you start winning ball games when you start running the ball. Period, because that's what you can do with that group of kids that. Sorry, that's just reality. Y'all, you know, some people need to get with the program in high school football. Not everybody can sling it 50 times a game. Just is what it is. But the problem with the running attack that they chose to go with is they're going to run out of the gun because, oh, we got to stay in the spread. Well, then they went one-dimensional. They paid for it because it was quarterback to the left, quarterback to the right, quarterback up the middle. Every once in a while, handed off to the running back. That was about it. And eventually, they got exposed. Sorry. Well, that's what happens when you stack all your chips on one player. And I'll go ahead and say this now because, you know, they're out of it. 
I kind of knew this was going to happen with Harmony. Yeah, because eventually. watching, yep, yeah, because because watching their highlights in their film, it was all Boston. Yeah, it was, it was Boston, all Boston, 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 and, and they had a back. They could, and what's surprising to me is that they didn't use the back as much as they should have. And they had a good good offensive line, but it was all Boston. They staked their whole season and offense on Boston Seahorn. And you can't do that because just like as we know now, what happened Friday, you got exposed. All, all it takes is one little adjustment. Keep one spy on them. And that's it. Yeah, and I'm coming for you. But this is what happens when Daddy Ball takes over. You've got way too many people who who couldn't, you know, draw up a football play if you put it right in front of them. Get a lot of say, and they hire their guy. It doesn't work out in the beginning of the season, so you start putting pressure, so he starts trying to make scrambling adjustments. And you look back and go, in that region, if we would have had that a previous offense that averaged 40 to 50 points a game, we win the region. Yeah. With a down Newton, an inconsistent danger field, you win the region. Hands down. You And with that kind of attack, you've got a shot against both. Yeah. Then you can play with them. <clears throat> but hey, yeah. they got who they wanted. Yeah. That's fine. And, well, we talked about this, you know, Harmony... With like I said, with this with this uh, district, the district they were they were in, yeah, you go on the state, and now you you probably would have had some trouble stopping Dangerfield just there's out, out in space. But if they would have played Dangerfield like how Dangerfield played Newton, they would have beat Dangerfield. You know, yeah. If, if quarterbacks yeah. off, you know, and but if the quarterbacks off, you go to the wing tee, you're in the football right at Dangerfield. You yeah, win you, that you, ball. You you, you Hands win. Down. Yeah. And so yeah, with that team, yeah you, you you easily you're at state. Without you're in the door. But you're but now up. you know and, and and before this past week, everybody wanted to, Jeremy Jenkins, coach of the year. He he got him into the mess. That that's what I don't understand. Is is all of a sudden because he you know they make this Cinderella run. They make it because they had the best path of anybody in the region after getting second in district. Yeah. They played some some teams that honestly were not that very good, and you did what you I mean you had to do, and they they couldn't make some of the adjustments that Poth was able to make. Yeah. Okay, hands down. Congratulations, you you win ball but, games, but, not taking away from your wins. But all this talk about oh he changed this and he changed that, that that's ridiculous. But I, let's, and it's going to happen in Hugh Springs the minute that somebody over there wins a, a couple ball games. That's they've gotten. Rid of Chris Edwards over there, and it's gonna have it, it, it's this this epidemic of daddy ball, where if you run the football, you're not gonna win big games. Well, go tell that to Franklin. Go tell that to Liberty Hill, who who yes, they lost this past week, but a few years ago, Liberty Hill beat Carthage running the football. Go tell that to Marshall. Who, who, after one year, Coach Alvarez has turned that program back into a contending football team, averaging 45, 50 points a game. 
running the wing tee. I, I, I just don't understand this. Oh, you can't win running the ball. Yes, you can. And anybody who thinks that you can't doesn't know much about football. Like, well, they're caught up in what they see on television and what they do on Madden on their little games, you know, and, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. That's unrealistic. It just blows my mind, but whatever. Yeah, well, everybody dreams of their child being the big star on the football team. And if it's not the running back quarterback, it's most likely a receiver. And now, I mean, if you, it, I don't understand. I don't understand it either. Um, you know, I love a good run, run attack, you know. I like a, look, I like a good pass game. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not naive to the fact that you got to have those things in order for it to work. You have to have receivers. You have to have a quarterback, uh, an offensive line. You have to have everything that's needed to make make it work, especially for a pass game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not easy. I don't know where everybody thinks that you can just uh, line up in a spread offense in one season and just go out and throw it. Oh, now we got ourselves a ball game. Yeah. No. These guys, these teams around here and everywhere else that are good at what they do because they train year in and year out. Their, their mm-hmm. players go to camps. Their players are, have trainers. They work out with um, players, like uh, NFL players, college players. Yes. They work out with guys. They train with them to hone their craft. You can't do that at a high school when you don't have the coaches and you don't have the players or the training or the program. You, mm-hmm. you can't just do that. It doesn't happen overnight. And so this is unrealistic for teams like Harmony and probably soon to be Hugh Springs to say, well, we're just going to line up in a spread and we're going to go and sling yep. it and we're going to win ball game. No, you it's gonna be gonna you're going to be horribly disappointed. Yeah, you know, especially when you go up against a team like Dangerfield, Gilmer, Carthage, uh, Longview. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, and that, your best bet is to hold on to the football, mash on them, see if they really want to play, exactly. and go from there. But anyways, so let's 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 now I'll get off that soapbox. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Let's go back to what I was doing and that's updating us on who's gonna be playing. Three division one, you got Brock, you got Franklin, that's a that's gonna be a I'm great taking ball Brock. game. I'm taking Franklin. <laughs> I'm taking Brock. Uh then Friday, uh the sixteenth, you start the day off with Carthage and Wimberley, both coming in at fifteen and oh. Uh, for four A Division two, then in four A Division one, you got Biorna, who just beat Chapel Hill against China Spring, who won state last year for A Division two. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game. And then five A Division two, you got South Oak Cliff versus uh, Port Neches Grove. So you got the defending state champions back again. How about that for Dallas ISD? You don't win in fifty some odd years in the now and back to back seasons. Yeah, you know you've got a shot. And then you got Port Neches Grove who. Uh, coming off a great year last year, who's uh, first-year head coach. Their head coach comes to Sulphur Springs, job gets open, and he takes them back uh, deep into the playoffs and ultimately a state championship ball game. Then you'll finish it up Saturday. You've got the 5A Division One game, Alito versus College Station, who was in it last year. Mm-hmm. And then you've got DeSoto uh, versus Austin Mandergrift. And then you close it out with Duncanville and Galena Park North Shore. So... That's a lot a of great a. football. Yeah, that 6A Division One's going to wrap it up there on Saturday. So a lot of great football going to be played this coming weekend. Uh, really good football teams. Yeah. Now, uh, 
on the subject of high school football, I uh, got a couple things. Number one, I, I it happened after the show uh, last week, but Coach Buddy Griffin retired from DCAM, yeah. so now that job's open. Uh, and we were just talking about teams that may change up their offensive philosophy. That's one to watch because yeah. it, it was his philosophy that wanted to run the football. Yeah. Well, I can see, especially with Coach uh, Edwin Mims over there, I can see them. They're just one of those teams that can pass the ball. They're capable of being able to pass the ball. They have the athletes. They have the offensive line. They have the quarterback. You're in a district to do it. I mean, you've got uh, Hooks, Redwater, uh, New Boston, Paul Pewitt. I mean, you're, you're in a district. You yeah. can get away with it. Now, I don't know in that that region. I mean, because then you're going to get in the playoffs and you're going to play a Newton. You're going to play a Dangerfield. You know, I don't know how you would fare. I'm not yeah. saying you can't, but I that would be interesting to see. You know, if they go back to that, uh, which is not you know, which is where they were prior to Coach Griffin coming back, right? A few years ago, uh, but but that, I think that's another job to kind of keep an eye on. Hugh Springs still hasn't made any moves. No real rumors about who's going to take that job, uh, or or any of the other openings that have kind of wide oak. Uh, is still open, so so we'll be keeping an eye on that. But the other aspect of, of high school football I want to talk about. So you've got one East Texas team in it now. Yeah. Carthage. By far king king of the area. Yeah. Not even going to debate that. But in a sense, East Texas gets the short end of the stick these days. Because now we're all in a region together. You, get, you, I mean, really? Yeah, you you yeah. think about it, you yeah. had Carthage and Gilbert playing in the third round of the playoffs. They're in a region together. Yep. You've got, you know, Longview in a region with with uh, Marshall and all you know these other great football teams and you know five A yep. football teams. You've got Chapel Hill, Kilgore in a region together. Hey, 3A, you know, you've got Dangerfield, Decap, Paul, P- uh, everybody's together. Winsboro, Pottsboro. Win- yeah, you go up to Division One. You've got you've got Winsboro, Pottsboro, uh, Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon, many all in a district. Yep, Tatum. Yeah, you've got Tatum up there. I mean, <laughs> like you're you're killing it. Yeah. And and so when when people oh well, where are these Texas? Because they all beat up on each other. <laughs> they knocked like, each other out. <laughs> they, they knocked out uh, who uh, was it? Gladewater or Tatum that knocked out the Mount Vernon quarterback? You know, yeah. And then they go and they play Winsboro, and Winsboro beats them, and then Winsboro goes and plays Pottsboro. Pottsboro, Pottsboro gets, beats Winsboro, <laughs> and then goes and gets beat by Minneola. I mean, it, it just creates a mess. Atlanta was not. A laughing stock all of a sudden. I mean, <laughs> but they get beat out by Winsboro. But they got beat out by Winsboro. I mean, it's just one of those situations. So before everybody goes, oh, well, East Texas football. No, they're in there. They're, they're just... in there. They're just all beating up on <laughs> yeah. each other. There's not a uh, pleasant grove. You know? It's a part. The... It is a part brawl it really in East is. Texas. Because but, but you have East these Texas big teams. Or the haves and the have nots. Yeah. There's not a lot of middling teams. No. There's the haves and the have-nots. Because you think about, like, for instance, the four Division two districts that's around here. You've got Gilmer, Pleasant Grove, Liberty Ilo, uh, Pittsburgh, 
and poor old North Lamont. Well, I used Spring to be Hill. poor, and then Spring Hill. Clearly, it's Pitts. I mean, it's uh, Gilmer, Pleasant Grove, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, clearly. And then you take that, and then okay, you go over to Carthage. You got Carthage. You got Bullard. Um, who else? Center. Center. Center averaging like sixty points a game and came in their own district. Yeah. Like, so, you know, Brownsboro. Or did Brownsboro go to D one this season? I think Brownsboro moved up, but still, I mean, you've got good football. Yeah. They're all beating up on each other. Exactly. They're all in a district and all in a region together. What happened to so well? <laughs> but, I mean, that just shows you. So, okay. So, back in the day. Let's just say that. Back in the day. This how it was. It was a lot more tougher back in the day because only one team, or one or two teams made it to the playoffs. Right? Three. Three teams. Because yeah. your one seed got to buy. Well, yeah. Three teams made it. And then... Everybody else stayed home. But that was also in the five-team district. Yes. When they added a six-team district back in 14-15. They added another playoff. Yeah. And they added a, and, and then they added the 6A. That's when they right. added But they did all that because of that district of doom. Yeah. They did it because you had Gilmer, Carthage, Henderson, Chapel Hill, and uh, Pittsburgh was in that district. Yeah. And there was one other team. I think there was. That Spring was a, Hill. Yeah. So you had all them in a district together. That was brutal. Carthage didn't win the district, but one state. <laughs> like, that's how brutal that yeah. that whole deal was. And that was that was back when I was out. And now, and he's not lying. That was a brutal. And nobody blew each other out. No. I mean, it was every every Friday. It was like twenty one fourteen. Well, no, Pittsburgh got blew out. That okay, last... outside of that. <laughs> I, sorry, I had to air, about, sorry, about, I had to air that out. <laughs> I'm about the real football teams that were in that district. But okay, let's 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 talk about this real quick though. Pittsburgh didn't get blew out. They got blew out, and, and let's see when they were playing Henderson, Carthage, and Gilmer. They 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 got blew out the that 2010 season. And that's the season after they made the state semifinal run. They yeah, got beat out by Grand. Yeah, that was the season after. They they entered the District of Doom right after that playoff yeah. run. How yeah, and then you 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 do bad. You had to play. Matter of fact, Gilmer was the number three team. Yeah, and Pittsburgh had to play them uh, for a playoff spot, and yeah. they beat Pittsburgh. And so that's how crazy and chal- yeah. But then that year after that, they were still in the uh, District of Doom, and. Pittsburgh is now in there, hanging in there with Gilmer. They almost beat Gilmer. Gilmer beats Pittsburgh by a touched eight points. It was yes. 14, 22-14. Mm-hmm. Could have beat them had the coach not going for the two-point conversion. Yeah. Uh, that's Still a different strong. story. Uh, Carthage come in. Carthage only beats them, I think it was 22-18. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, and so Pittsburgh had, I mean, in the, di- in the District of Doom, it was just... It was very competitive. You had players. So, to try and avoid that, UIL kind of got away from that and created what I call the regions of doom. Because yeah. now you've got everybody playing each other in the region. I mean, it's just, you're you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you're only going to get one, two, maybe three teams out. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and it, it, was a, it was a lot more fun when Carthage was meeting Gilmer at State. You know, because then it was it's sort of like how I viewed it. Who's gonna run East Texas? You know, right. that's how that's how I viewed it. You know, who was gonna run East Texas? And right now, 
since Carthage had to play Gilmer or Gilmer had to play Carthage in, in the, the third, third round, round, it's so like okay, now we automatically know it's going to be Carthage. You know, it, it, it there's no real excitement to Even it. Even though, well, Carthage had their little scare, but that was because they kept turning the ball over. Yeah, that's, that's a fluke thing. Yeah, but I mean, that's just that's this. This is where East Texas football has evolved to. This is what it's evolved to. Um, and but we'll if probably you're UIL, you're losing money that way, right? I mean, like I was yeah, saying because about this you're weekend, not the... you're, you're losing huge. Now, apparently, I didn't realize this, but I was watching talking about attendance. Mm-hmm. Port Neches Grove uh, had an overflow at Rose, and you know how big Rose is. There's a prediction out there that that for that state ball game, there's going to be over fifty thousand people. Wait, Rose, Tyler Rose Stadium. They played there? Yes. I believe that's where it was. I think that's what I saw. That they, they had an overflow at Rose. Yes. Okay, I, I've never seen that. No, no, no. There, it's. I'm telling you. If it, I believe it was Tyler Rose. I, I, Matt Stepp said Rose Stadium. Let me. I'm going to pull that back up. Yeah, pull that up because I've never. If that's the case. There's a prediction out there that there will be 50,000 plus fans for the Port Neches Grove State Championship. And this is the first time they've made it. They've always been on the like semifinal and traveled well. I I, I do. There was a picture I saw. They uh, completely filled up Bucky's. Like the whole Bucky's was nothing but Port Neches Grove. Gosh, man! See, this is Texas football. This is why we do this show because this is how big it is. This is crazy. And if you've ever been to Tyler Rose Stadium, you know, it's a pretty good-sized stadium. It's in a bowl. It's a bowl. Look at this. No I wish I could way. show, show y'all this picture. If not, go, if any of y'all can get on Smokey, click on the thread that is PNG versus South Oak Cliff, and there's a picture at a Bucky's that is filled with nothing but Port Natchez Grove people. It's purple. It's all purple. That That's crazy. But the, like I said, this is how this is Texas high school football. It's bigger than almost. It's up there with the Dallas Cowboys, right there. It's it's up there, uh, all the way to baseball. So the the state the record for a state championship ball game is fifty four thousand three hundred forty eight. There are some people predicting that there could be a minimum of sixty thousand people there to watch that ball game. And who are they playing again? South Oak Cliff, the defending state champions. It's a home game for South Oak Cliff. You're going to get a packed crowd for that ball game. And they play what time do they play? They play the evening game. The evening. The 7 o'clock game. Oh, wait. That's the that's the game. Okay. The, okay. Yeah. And we actually know somebody who's from there. Yeah. yeah that's going to be at the game. That's yeah. going to be at the game. Let me see if I can find what... Matt Stepp said. <clears throat> but, it, I mean, it's just incredible. Now, okay, now if they filled up Bucky's, then I do believe now that they filled up a Tyler Rose Stadium. Yeah, if they played was, there, was, I, I do was, believe. That's that's crazy. Um, Texas high school football. It's state year, man. It's state season, state week. Going at it. Okay, but you think about this. So, a few years ago, I don't know that we've talked about this on the show, but a few years ago, 
they played the state games down in Houston at NRG Stadium. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this. Yeah. Not on the show, but we've talked about this in private. And the logistics were a nightmare. I mean, the Texans did a terrible job mm-hmm. of preparing everything and all that. Nightmare. And the deal that year was that we were going to play state one year down there, one year in Dallas, and go back and forth. Because you have two pro teams. Yeah. That didn't work out. But you think about this. Port Neches Grove is down there around Houston. South Oak Cliff would travel too. Just like Port Neches Grove is going to travel north, South Oak Cliff would go, go south. Right. How much money is Houston missing out on? You've got one Crap game. That's not, even, that's not even counting the other teams that are playing. Just in one game, you could have 60,000 people. That's a college football game. If not that, an NFL football that, game. Yeah, that might be more than they get on a regular basis down at their place when they play. You're missing out on a lot. Especially when you have them. You have a Carthage in the building. You have Alito. You have Duncanville. Mm-hmm. Man, you missing out on millions. I mean, but UIL knew what they were doing. Well, well yeah, they they had to. But Houston is the one that messed that up. I mean, because yeah. that was just a mess. Well, it's like you said when we talked about this, is that most of the teams that were making state, we're from up here. The yeah, logistics. So it was close. It was better to have moved it to. Yeah, to they, they played it. Okay, they played it at Legacy Stadium. The PNG side of the stadium completely sold out. Legacy. What's Legacy? The Rose. So okay, and on top of that, they they bought tickets on the home side and had to sit on that side. They filled that side, and there were people. You know that hill? Yeah. So for those of you that have not been to Rose Stadium, there's a hill on Rose Stadium. From my understanding, there were people sitting on the hill at Rose, all from Port Neches Grove. Dang it, man. I wish there's a picture. Man, I hope there's a picture out there somewhere of that, because I've never seen Tyler Rose packed out. Well, it was completely sold out. They said that there was not a seat left in the stadium. Imagine that. And it was good weather Friday. Yep. <laughs> wow. Comfortable. That's crazy. They but I believe to, it. They may have to open up the, the middle deck. Yeah. At at uh, Cowboy this week. Oh, they yeah. They probably will. Because it's, let's see, it's the, the two end zone, the end zone sections are open. And then you've got all that down there. But yeah. I'm saying that they may open up that top They may middle. have to open up. Because in the at the bottom, in the middle... Now, at the top, it was open with a standing yeah. room, but below that, it was closed. I think they opened that up. It's Yeah. To, You're not going to turn them away. You've got plenty of seating in Cowboys. Yeah, Stadium. I mean, yeah. You you see 100,000 people. I mean, yeah, you Jerry's have more not than turn down that kind of money. Yeah. You ain't going to make them stand. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you open. That's going to be wild. That's incredible. I hope they win. That's what it's all about. I hope that, they win. That's what it's yeah. all about. I hope they win. All right, moving on to college football. Uh, Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. Well deserved. But but to me, this Heisman was more about who played themselves out of it. Bryce Young played himself out of it. Uh, Hendon Hooker played himself out of it because he got hurt mm-hmm. and he lose. You know they lost that game uh, to LSU. Okay. You played yourself out of it. Now, Caleb Williams, was he the best one left, in my opinion? Absolutely. And you had the kid uh, Dugan from TCU. He's yeah. got that great story. Okay. 
TCU is getting some undeserved love. I'll talk about that in a minute. They're not very good. But whatever. Y'all want to love on them? Love on them all you want. I think it would have been a tragedy if he would have won the highest one over Caleb Williams. Out of who was left in the finalist, Caleb Williams deserved it. That's just my opinion. Yeah. After, yeah, after but, seeing... But if Alabama makes the playoffs... Then Bryce then Young This is, is what there. we're not talking about. If Alabama makes the playoffs, even with those two losses, if Alabama makes the playoffs, I think that Bryce... Which is crap. Alabama should not be playing at Kansas State for no bowl game. No! That's not even a game. Not only that, but we've got to the point where... But, but okay. You want to get the, the, the deal to Caleb Williams... But Caleb Williams got beat twice by Utah. Twice! The second time wasn't even all that close. He got beat. I think what won him the Heisman was the fact that they beat UCLA and he played very well in that ball game. I, I think I I watched you know that game and I yeah. said, okay, he just won the Heisman trophy. Hands down. I think that the, the voters saw that. They looked at the body of work, they said, okay. I it's not necessarily that I have a problem with Caleb Williams winning it. I have a problem with where we're headed with the way that we vote on stuff like this. Yeah. I, because, because and here's why. Kayla Williams is a great athlete. Uh, Henry Hooker, or Hen- is it Henry or Hendon? Henry. Uh, Henry Hooker. Great athlete. Uh, Dugan, not, not a bad player, not a bad quarterback. Yeah. But let's just talk about Bryce Young for a second. When Bryce Young gets the football with any time left on the clock, you feel like he's going to win the football game. Hands yeah. down. Not a question. Yeah. And you're telling me that he's not the Heisman Trophy winner? Well, see, that's... You don't feel that way about anybody else on, that was a finalist. But you feel that way about him, but you're not going to give him the Heisman Trophy because Alabama's out in the top four. Well, that is this, this whole college season, and as far as the committee is concerned, it seemed like more of a spotlight show. Uh, a popularity show, right? And it got to the point will. that it almost felt like they were looking for ways to keep Alabama out. For years, it's been, how do we get Alabama in? Yeah. But but here towards the end, it feels like they're trying to keep Alabama out. Well, it's it's, it's the Cinderella story. It's the Cinderella fairy tale with, with TCU. And then with Alabama, it's almost as if, oh, it's Alabama lost two games. Well, it's Alabama. They can't lose. Yeah. If they lose, then there's no justification in but that. But they lost on the road against what we're ranking less than, at the less time. Than a combined four points. Exactly. And how are we going uh, uh, just? And now we're going to not only punish them, but we're going to punish their quarterback because he didn't win those two games. If he wins both of those games, he's the unanimous Heisman winner again. But mind you, he didn't. They didn't lose those two games because of him. No. <laughs> I mean, he he put them the, in a position to win those. Yeah, games. it's just the other team just. We're in position to score. Yeah, the poor. They were up, and these games were not. These two games that they lost, they were not teams just running away with. These no. were down to the final seconds Second. on the goal line type you, games. You, you lose by a field goal to Tennessee at Tennessee, and you lose on a two point conversion in overtime to LSU in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Okay. But now, not only are we going to punish Alabama by making them go play Kansas State in a nobody's bowl game. To now we're gonna punish their quarterback because they lost those two games and now you're not the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Ridiculous. Whatever. Uh another thing. Another another thing I wanna get off my chest. 
the Deion Sanders effect on college football. It started. And it's getting out of hand already. It has begun. How long <laughs> before the NCAA steps in the, and well, so that's enough? Uh, next year. <laughs> and because I say this, and I told you this before, the NCAA put themselves in this predicament. They did. They they did it to themselves, and they and Dion has a foot now where he's able to stand upon it and get whoever he wants to because of it. But and he just transfer portal yes, all this money. The NCAA did it. To, did it to themselves, and Dion is benefiting off of it. He's for now. It, yeah, for now. And that's why I say in the next year. Now next year they're gonna. Ch- I, I I don't see it happening. I see them changing, making making some changes to the rules, uh, possibly to the NIL whole NIL deals mm-hmm. too. You have to, because now you know you had a slew of Alabama players decommit or leave where they're and they're in the portal. They're floating around in the portal wherever they're gonna go. Some of them okay, are going to go to Colorado. We're not talking about major. No, like, but, it, but I think you're it's right. blown out of proportion because that, it, it, and this is what I'm saying about the other stuff too. Right now, it feels like pick on Alabama year. Yeah, like it's just whatever. Well, Open season on Alabama. You're right. You're right because, and and I want to mention that because I'm, I'm glad you said that. These aren't starting players. These no. are red shirt junior junior year red shirt players. They These are players who have who, who aren't starting, and so. Why that looks so good is because it's Alabama players. It's it's almost like saying, well, if yeah. they're good enough to get on the Alabama team, even if they're not playing, they're good enough now to play for me. And that may be true, but but everybody's like, oh, you've got all these great players leaving Alabama. No, 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 no. no. Players these, who can't start. I, I think I, I think out of all the players, there may have been one or two that actually played. And they, but they weren't. They weren't starters. The no, machine. no. And then you lose your co-defensive coordinator. Well, why is he leaving Alabama? Because he's a co-defensive coordinator. You go where the money. Is. You're gonna get paid more yeah. as a defensive coordinator than you are as a co-defensive coordinator. Right. Like they asked Nick Saban, well, "What do you, what do, you, what do you gotta do? He's leaving for Alabama. Go hire another one. Didn't bother him. <laughs> Nick Saban could run the whole machine by himself. It's, it's not. I mean, he, he's just that good. He yeah. doesn't care. It doesn't bother him. But at some point, the lunacy surrounding Deion Sanders has got to stop. Yeah. Now, and, I get why he took the job. Yeah. Because, you know, because I, I mulled that over this past week. Why, why take the Colorado job? You've got USC and UCLA. They've got one more year left mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, and they're leaving. Right. So they're going to play the 22, uh, 2023 season. In the Big Ten, uh, the, the the Pac-12, and then they're leaving for the Big Ten. Yeah. So you have the 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 capabilities maybe to win that conference. You've got the expanded playoffs coming that following year as well. Right goes to twelve teams. You win your conference. Not only are you guaranteed a spot, but you get you know uh, uh home field advantage. You know, and and possibly a buy if you're in the top four, but. But guaranteed a, a spot into the playoffs, not just an at-large bid. You get a home game, so you get some advantages at that point. So I understand it. But as far as the circus that surrounds Deion Sanders, this is lunacy. Well, and and this whole I'm gonna pay this, and y'all get out because <laughs> I'm bringing my Louis luggage and telling hurt players that 
they're off the roster before he's ever seen them play a down of football has got to stop. And at some point, a grown-up has got to step into that situation and say, Dion, enough's enough. Because, and, and here's what was telling to me. His first being, you know, that he's big on I'm Coach Prime. Put on my theme music. And so they hit the theme music. And if you watch the video, he walks in the room with his theme music. And the president of the university looks at him like he's an idiot. Like he has this shock looked on his face. Like, you're kidding me, right? And Dion's response is, that's how we do things now. And, and, and the, the, in that exchange, the president goes, oh, okay. I don't think that Colorado fully understands what they've done. They have taken a guy who got handed a job because he's Deion Sanders and because that university was desperate for money and they were desperate for coverage and they were desperate for all of those things. And they took that guy and now have given him a job that is in a conference that actually gets a lot of coverage. Not because Colorado's that great, but because you are still in it with USC, UCLA, and Oregon. Yeah. So by default, you get more national coverage. And it still is Deion Sanders. But I'm just ready and waiting, longing for the day when an adult steps into this situation. Whether it be the NCAA or whether it just be by virtue of him getting beat 50 to nothing by USC. But I'm ready for an adult to say that is enough. What with Dion? It's prime time, baby. It's prime time. And, and this, I told you from, I told you, anybody that hires Dion knows exactly what they're getting. I, I thought that, but when you see that reaction, it makes me and, want, like, and that, I don't and know. That's, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm getting to. It's because you're in a different setting now. And it's not to take away from who he is, but... All the extra accolades, mm-hmm. it's gonna have to go, and that's that's what that's where the Dion situation gets irritating. It gets annoying because it's the extra. Give me my theme music, you know. You you won't you probably the jog around the stadium, the theme music, all this extra stuff before the game, and all that. That all this extra stuff, they're probably not going to allow for too long. To go on. Okay. Because you're there to coach football. And I agree. Then why hire him? Because X's and O's, you could get out in a Because just like Jackson State, they're desperate too. And it's true. Yeah. But the, you don't even have the money to pay the man. They still have But yet. see, that's what they're banking on. They're, yeah, banking, they're, banking, on, on they're banking on him to get boosters. And, and so far, yeah. And so far, he's gotten top recruits already. He's gotten top recruits. Um, he has. He's hiring a coaching staff. And he's he's bringing some of his guys. So let's talk about those top recruits. Mm-hmm. What happens when one of them comes in and is better than one of the ten guys that he just got to leave Jackson State? And he dismissed his entire football team, by and large, for the ten guys that he's bringing because, as he says, they're Louie. Well, there's... Okay, okay, so what happens when one of these recruits beats out your Louie luggage that you just... You know, ripped your entire football team over. Then what do you tell that kid from Jackson State? You just moved him all the way across the country, guaranteed him a spot, a starting job over kids who were on scholarship at Colorado. 
and you told them, enter the portal, you're not good, you're trash, you're gone, I'm bringing my Louis luggage, and now your Louis luggage gets replaced. I, I, I think it won't make setting, any sense. Yeah, it, it won't, won't make any sense. He is setting himself up for a disaster. I mean, a PR disaster that even the smiling, happy-go-lucky, play my theme music, Deion Sanders is not going to be able to tell a mama who he just sat in her living room and said, "Your kid's guaranteed a spot on my squad." He he's not gonna be able to clean up that mess when he replaces him well, uh, no. for some other kid. And, and okay, so that's the thing. And this is why I said from the beginning, Travis Hunter is probably the only player that he brought with him from Jackson State that's capable of playing in that that division. But he just conference. dismissed his football team for ten guys that he doesn't know if they can play. Well, nine if you nine, know. yeah. And but he, I'll, I'll, he, but he the told top the quarterback, course. you're not the quarterback anymore. My son's going to play quarterback. Well, we don't even know if your son can play quarterback at the Division One level. Yeah, but and so okay, so let's 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 take it at this. Because I'm 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 guessing the guys that he brought from Jackson State were the top recruits that he got in the first place. I, I'm not banking on that it was the guys that were already there when he got there. I'm I'm banking on that it's the guys that he the top recruits that 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 he recruited. When he got there. But outside of Travis Hunter, he didn't get anybody at Jackson State that, that everybody was really talking. I'm not no, saying they're I mean, not bad. I mean, he got a couple football. of four-star four star recruits, but uh, Travis Hunter was the only five-star number one recruit. Uh, and, and so that's what I'm saying. He he's bring, My guess is I'm banging on that he's bringing those top four-star recruits and a couple of other cats. But, but even that is but, not. But on top of this, you're, you're getting – some players from Alabama, you're getting another four-star, or I think it's four-star or five-star running back player. Yeah. You get, and then, man, there's going to be more coming now. So, But eventually, you're right. Okay, but here's, here's why I think we need to pump the brakes on more coming. Here's why. You can only have so many guys. You're right. And if he's already promised ten, ten spots... And guaranteed them, and just missed an entire football team for ten dudes. I think I, I, I think he's probably weighing over this, his head. Yeah, I think that all of this. Oh, everybody's gonna start going there. I think we need to pump the brakes on yeah. that because unless he figures out a way to magically create more, you know, space on the roster and guarantee guys playing time and guarantee guys money that Colorado doesn't have. So. I, I think that we need to pump the brakes on everybody's going to go there. Yeah. I think that right now we're seeing the earthquake that, that happens. Okay, that's fine. But give it two or three months. Let the dust settle. Let people quit talking about it. Let's settle into the recruiting process. Right. Because here's the other thing. Deion Sanders has recruited people to Jackson State. That type of recruitment process is not the same as recruiting people to a true Power Five school. Yeah, it's a different deal, different ball game. Because now, whereas yes, he went after maybe a Travis Hunter and, and a few other guys. The majority of his time on the recruiting trail was recruiting against other HBCU schools, other SWAC teams. That's yeah. it. Maybe the group of five, like a Cincinnati, was his competition or something like that. But by and large, his roster was not made up of guys who were being recruited by LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss. Just what the majority of his roster was not that caliber of football. But now, at a Power Five school, every guy he goes after is going to be recruited by 
USC, UCLA, Oregon, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. He's going to have some competition now with Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, Florida, LSU. Hey, after this kind of run of TCU, I mean, you, now you you have to recruit against the big boys. Yeah. The, the ones who have been doing this forever. Right. And that's where I don't think that, I think we need to pump the brakes on, oh, it's a new era of football in Colorado. Who knows? What if he loses the majority of his games? Well, then what? Then what does Colorado do? Do they say, oh, this was a mistake? Well, okay. So, I kind of want to talk for a little bit. As far as recruiting and these, these transfer portals go, and what how he did it and how he started off. First, first of all, he brings his son with him, who's a who's a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of his sophomore season, about to go to Colorado. He he has his, he brings his other son, uh, Shallow Sanders, who is at a. I don't know. Look up what college he played at before he went to uh, Jackson State. One of them didn't come. Deion Sanders Jr., but that's different. He, yeah, he's a senior. Uh, no, that's Shallow. Shallow is a senior. Okay, he didn't come. No, he yeah, but that's the one that Deion said was in his doghouse. He was mad at him. Yeah, it was in his doghouse because. But I seen where someone else had said he doesn't. He's a senior and he doesn't have any other any eligibility. Yeah, left, you know. And so. I think it's that, and I think Shallow was more loyal to the Jackson State program, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm just going to finish my college career out here, enter the draft if possible, or um, whatever, to get picked up by a team. Because he's good enough to get picked up by a team. He's good enough to play at a, at a pro level. Um, mm-hmm. But that's where it started. You know, his son came from another university over to Jackson. And then you have your youngest, your, your youngest start his freshman college career out, out at Jackson. So, Dion, for the majority of it, put himself on the spotlight. Yeah. With bringing his sons, it started there because his sons. I mean, it's Dion Sanders' kids. You, yeah. They've been in the media since day one. You know, when since they started playing sports. Yeah. And so, they they've been those guys. Uh, state championships at their level, you know, at private school, whatever. But they've won state championships. Some, some of them back to back, and so they, they know who these kids are. Well, then you go on up, and then boom, you got a Travis Hunter. Uh, okay, got a Travis Hunter. What's gonna happen with him at Jackson State? He starts out. He ends his college career there at Jackson State on an excellent note, um, and then now he's at Colorado. Well, okay, now you're able to start getting more players with the same caliber as as Travis Hunter. But you've also got to understand, he's going to be playing against guys that are the same yeah. caliber as him, which has not been right. happening at Jackson State. And, and what's, going, what, what's going to have to happen for Dion is he's going to have to prepare those guys from Jackson State mentally for this type of program, this type of conference, because it's a different level. It's but I don't know that he's grasped that because he's he's running meetings right now because there's been several videos leaked of him running meetings, not just the initial one. Yeah, and he's running it like he's at Jackson State. He's uh, not a, running it like it's a power fight. And and this is why I said before the show, Dion Sanders, you can write this down, put a date on it, and come back to me in five years. It'll still be true. Dion Sanders will not get a job in the SEC. 
Because the powers that be in the SEC don't like clowns. And Deion Sanders is a clown. Deion Sanders couldn't get the Auburn job over Hugh Freeze, who last time he had an SEC job used the school money and phones to hire escorts to come to his hotel rooms. And he got an SEC job again before Deion Sanders even got his first. That's that's telling. That tells me how the powers that be in the SEC view Deion Sanders. And they don't want that kind of a clown show in their type yeah. of football because they are the prestigious SEC. Yeah. They are the forefront. And and so you can p- mark this down. If he doesn't get this figured out quick, his days in a Power 5 school won't be very long. Because if he falls flat on his face at Colorado, he's not getting a Big 10 job. He won't even get a Big 12 job. And if he can't get one of those two jobs, he won't coach another down in Power 5 football. It's just not going to happen. Well, okay. I, I want to kind of talk on just a little bit of you know what I was telling you uh, before the show about the situation over at uh, Jackson, Jackson State. State. Yeah. And um, barring why he left Jackson State at the time that he did. Um, I'm trying to... In Jackson State. And so there's been reports that, that have come out here recently surrounding the reason why Dion left. Um, and these reports showed that they, that he had been, his stuff had been stolen multiple times. Uh, his stuff had broken into and been stolen multiple times without any kind of consequence. Nothing had been done with it, about it. Um, the school itself wasn't living up, owning up to its contract that they had with him. Uh, with the money that he, he out of his own pockets, he, he built, um, he got a new field for the football team, built some other things out of his own, own pocket for the facility and everything. And it was supposed to be if he got an X amount of people in the stadium to the games and for these TV deals that he had, he was supposed to get a percentage of that cut that the school would get. And him and his coaches would. Well, they never saw a cent of that money. Yeah. Jacksonville never paid him. And on top of that, like I said, he was doing and spending out of his own pocket. On top of getting paid only $75,000 a year. That's what That was what was in the contract. Um, and he didn't see a lot of that money, that percentage that he was supposed to see. Now, Jackson State, as a final pool, tried to offer him another deal for more money. But type of that deal was he would have to pay his coaching staff out of what he was going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And that's just not going to work out. You know, right. you, um, and so barring those things and, and then on top of how the fans treated them that last game and barring that, I say Dion left Jackson State at a good time because these are the things that were happening that no one talked about. And, and it's, it's, it's bad on the HBCU because it's you, you, you treated you brought him in and you got you if you didn't have the money you should have said that. But you don't Okay, but Colorado he okay. I, I agree. But Colorado's doing the same thing. But Colorado's a bigger school. Then this is why I say it's disrespectful for HBCUs because HBCUs are historically black uh colleges and college or and or university. Um 
you do this to a black coach, a guy that you that's obviously high ranked in the community with the players, with the people, and you bring him in to help build your program. So you put your trust in this guy. He puts his trust in, in, in you. He leads you to championships. You just won, and you don't pay him. You don't honor your contract with him. And so that's saying, now, not just because he's a black man, but for anybody, if you don't honor your contract, and you don't, and it's a continuous thing going on in and out, outside of that contract, that, and that's going to bar anybody and say, okay, if nothing's being done here, I'm not appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, even for Deion Sanders, that's 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 disrespectful. Yeah. You know, you allow my things, my personal stuff to be stolen, you know, and nobody's doing anything about it. You know, I can't get you don't pay me, the, me, me and my staff, not just me, but me and my staff, the money that you said you would pay us. We don't see a sense of it. Where is it? We've got you ESPN games. We've got other TV deals. We got top players. We filled the stands. We've done everything that we were supposed to do, mm-hmm. and you don't honor you don't you don't honor your side of the deal. Right. So Dion leaving uh, Jackson State at the time that he did was a good move for him personally. I, I don't know if he took any of his staff that was at uh, Jackson State. There are a few that went. Yeah. He's also you know hiring former. Uh, power five head coaches to kind of, and that, that's a smart thing yeah. to do. And I and I, I agree with you. I mean that that's terrible. Now that that's coming out, yeah. But I, at the same time, he gutted that program. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he and gutted it. And if you're gonna do that, then don't get up there and say I'm more swack. Don't what say, he, yeah. What he did to Jackson State was it's like the pie. It's like a pie. He took the centerpiece. Yeah, where all the stuff is, and left the crust. <laughs> and to see y'all later. Yeah, and he he went on about his business, but I, I and I go back and I but I will say this again: he did all that good for him leaving Jack State in that in those uh, circumstances and get, going to Colorado. Now Colorado has to live up to that contract. Well, yeah, not only that, but think about the kids they left behind at Jackson State who aren't who aren't part of the ten. Yeah. Now what? It's all like, you yeah. Say- what about us? I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, and I understand this happens all the time. It happened with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma. It happened with Brian Kelly going to LSU. I mean, it happens. But where where this one de- just doesn't sit well with me, because all the other ones that happen, these are big-time coaches in a bunch of big-time programs, and nobody's taking the podium saying, I, don't talk to me because I'm more swack than everybody else. It, you know, Lincoln Riley wasn't beating his chest. I'm more Big 12 than... Anybody else, and and uh, Brian Kelly wasn't beating his chest. I'm more Notre Dame than anybody. He wasn't doing that. They they were typical. Maybe maybe not. You know, are you gonna take it? I don't know. You know, that's what you expect. What bothered me so bad with the way Dion went about all of this is he has a teaming where he says, "I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere." Well, the reason he said that was because he never got offered the Auburn job. One thing he didn't want to leave is. They didn't offer him the job. Then Colorado swoops in and offers him the job. What he should have said was, I'm not leaving right now. Or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, what was very ambiguous with his football team, he said, I haven't taken a job yet. Now it went up that he didn't 
takes the Auburn job, he signs the extension Ole Miss. That's how you handle it with class. You don't, you know, and, and Lane Kiffin famously didn't do that when he was at Tennessee and had to be escorted out of the building. So I think he learned his lesson. Like, yeah. There's a way we can handle this. But but my problem with Dion is that this whole thing has supposedly been about building up the HBCU. It's been building up the SWAC. It's been building up you know these these uh, historically black colleges that, that, that don't get the. And this is what I'm here for. This is my. No, it's not. This was a stepping stone because you got butt hurt because you didn't get the FSU job. That's it. Plain and simple. So so that's been my hang up with Dion this throughout this process. If you were going to take that job and you were going to gut the program, granted, that's probably in retaliation for what they did to you. Okay, whatever. But if you're going to do that and you already know, I don't want to be here, I'm unhappy. I mean, all of this happened prior to him taking... It's not like this happened in 24 hours. This has been a process. He knew mm-hmm. they weren't paying him. He knew that they wanted him to take money out of his pocket and pay... You know, He knew all of this. So instead of staying up there and saying, I'm more swack and I'm more this and I'm more that, just say, I haven't pursued anything yet. But you know the difference between Dion and those guys like Lane Kiffin and uh, Brian Kelly and um, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, Riley is experience in that area. But see, that's the problem with Dion getting handed these big jobs. He's not ready. And... and it's the experience. For instance, Lane Kiffin, he went through it before. I'm not yeah. going through it again. You know, the the whole public disgrace. <laughs> of the, and, and and then getting fired on the tarmac at USC. I mean, yeah. he learned his lesson. So there's experience in knowing how to handle those press interviews, those press conferences, and mm-hmm. all that. There's experience. Where Dion could grow and where, like you said, a grown-up should step in and not only tell him, okay, this is enough, Dion, but let me mentor you. Let yeah. me take you under my wing. Now, even though you're a grown man, we're, we all have room to grow. Yeah. But Dion is in a new level of his life. You know, he's coaching college football in a Pac-12 right yeah. now. You're in a different level. You're not in a swag. You're not at high school. You're in a different level now. And so there needs to be, there has to be somebody say, okay, Dion, this is your first year. Let me take you under, you know, mentor you kind of through, be kind of through the season, be my mentee, and I can show you how to handle these press conferences and these the the media and what you should and should not do, what you should and should not say, and it's not to take away from his personality, who he is as a person, but you have to know how to handle certain situations at certain times. Yes. like I said, this is a different stage. Which brings different media, brings different press, bigger press, diff- bigger media. You have to know how to handle that at a bigger level. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be somebody that comes in and say, I want to take you under my wing. You know, I know you're a grown man, I, but I want to take you under my, uh, my wing to show you how to handle certain situations mm-hmm. when they come about. When it comes about, you know, after a loss or a, a win or something that may happen with your players or something that may be said about you in the public. you got to know how to handle that. Yep, we don't even know how Dion's going to react the first time he gets blown out. Yeah. and But, like I said, this is a new stage. This is a bigger stage. So, he that that has to happen. Somebody has to say, like, listen, pipe down. Settle yeah. down. Let me mentor you. 
and help help you through this because this is a different stage. I I want to see a, I want to see Dion be successful, but with all the extra accolades that's not needed, that's not necessary. Those can be done away with. Yeah. Because now you're getting kids at a different level. You're getting parents at a different level. You're getting board members at a different level. You're getting media. You're getting press. You're getting all this stuff at a different level. And there's more money to be made and to be handed out. You're at a different level in your life now, man. Yeah. You know? And so you have to know how to handle it. That's just with with anything. You have to know how to handle it. You know? You got to be prepared for it. So I, 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 again, I don't think this is the last time we're going to be talking about Dion. I think this no. is an ongoing situation. But I, I, I just want to address the effect that he's having across mm. college football and the fact that at some point, like I said at the beginning of, of this section of the show, grown-ups are going to have to step in. That That's just, a, that there's going to have to be, and, and that goes into the whole NIL thing. At some point, they're going to have to say, we made a mistake. We open Pandora's box. How can we best put the pieces well, back yeah. in there? And parents have got to step up too with, with their kids coming out of high school yep. with these NIL deals. You're gonna have to start being a part of that process too. Now I know you your child is growing up and they're going. But we're off headed on. to where they're gonna start hiring agents. Yeah. Like we are headed to a point where there's no such thing outside of high school that there's no such thing as amateur athletes. It's where it's headed. Everybody's yeah. gonna be a pro. At some yeah. level, they're going to be a professional because they're getting paid. Just bottom line. Uh, let's see here. Mike Leach, he is, uh, of course, the Mississippi State head coach. Uh, been a head coach at Texas Tech. Was a head coach at Washington. One of the great offensive-minded guys. Uh, brought in the air raid system, all of those things. But he was uh, rushed to the hospital by ambulance yesterday from his home in what is being described as a private uh, health matter. Uh, but there was a report that came out this morning. He was actually taken by ambulance and then airlifted to another facility uh, at some point during the night last night. And from all accounts, it's going to take a miracle uh, for him to pull through this. Still not sure what happened or why. Well, from reports right here from the uh, Clarion Ledger, uh, he suffered a heart attack. Okay. So uh, he's in, he's listed in critical he's condition. He's still listed in critical condition. So they are releasing that it's been a heart attack. Yes. Um. Man. Yeah. S- sad turn of events. Yes. As of an hour ago, he's still listed uh, as critical. Critical. So. You know these guys are human, and they've got families. Um, just a, a, and you want to talk about a great personality for college football, and for, by all accounts, a very genuine guy. Uh, all of those things that go beyond the X's and O's of the game. Just a good man. Yeah. And so, uh, pray for for him, his family, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see Coach Leach back on the sidelines next year. Yeah, but but he's got to pull through, got to get healthy, and uh, see where where he wants to go at this stage. But uh, just keep him uh, in your thoughts and prayers, and uh, remember that 
Yes, they're paid. Yes, they're on a national platform. They're still human. But they're still human. All right, moving on to the NFL. Yeah. Let's start out with a Odell Beckham Jr. debacle. You want to talk about a situation that turned out to be terrible. <laughs> it was that one. Yeah. And I say this completely backfired. It, it was a good it was a good marketing deal for Odell just to and I say it all ultimate ultimately came to him just getting his name out there, staying relevant. Um and that's so okay. he staged the biggest game of the season. Yes. Up to this point. Mm-hmm. The Thanksgiving Day game between the Cowboys and the Giants and the Giants as the Odell Beckham Junior Bowl. Yeah. Whoever wins that's where I'm going. He's in the suite. From what we were told, he was in the suite with Jerry Jones. Yeah. I mean, you know, then there was going to be a serious conversation and all that. So I reached out to our source on this. And this is the response that I got back. I asked, was there any insight into the Odell Beckham situation? Mm-hmm. He says they aren't going to sign him because he said he doesn't want to play until the postseason. Uh, and is acting like he may not be well yet from the injury. He said he would not work out for any team that wanted to sign him. See, this is why I say, and this is what they said that Sunday, is how do you know if he can even play, still play, or healthy? And if and, and if that's the case, if that's the case, and that that's and true. And that when we say a source, be, this is a legitimate source. Yes, a legitimate. Who is inside the Cowboys' uh, facility uh, press and, and all that. And, and facility, yes. And so... This is why this that's uh, that lines up. Michael Parsons came out that Wednesday after they had just met with him, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, that Monday uh, and took him to a game that night, and then he met with Tuesday. Michael Parsons came out and said that Odell told him he would not be ready to play for another five weeks. So if you take that and you add that up, any team that would sign him will be getting him in week seventeen. Going into the playoffs, yeah, and you, you don't, don't even, even know if you can yeah, play. You don't even know if he can, and, and not 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 just play. Can he run routes in between? Then can he do anything physically between in those five weeks leading to week seventeen and then the playoffs? And first of all, why would you want to be signed and only be used in the postseason? That alone, you you've told the team right then what your what your interest is in. You just want you're chasing just another Super Bowl. You just want to play in the postseason. What about next season? Are you going to be able to contribute then? Why I are think we signing? he thought he could just poach a ring. I think that's, that is too. I mean, it, it comes across that way. Well, that's kind but of, if that's the case, why the Giants? Because the Or were the Giants really ever... Th- this is my question. And, uh, you know, my source didn't really know on this end of it. Because Odell hasn't been forthcoming with anybody from my understanding. About this. But. Was he really ever interested in all these other teams? Or was it truly. Was it really just the Cowboys? I think it was. I think it was solely the Cowboys. And maybe Buffalo. You maybe, get the yeah, sense maybe, maybe, that maybe Buffalo. But this is where I think he hurt himself. Now if anybody signs him. Kudos to you. Maybe. Have fun. It wouldn't be a smart deal. Because. Why would I. Put you in a game in the most dire 
part of our season. This is win or go home. Why would I put you in? I don't even know if you can play. In my own accounts, the first surgery was a disaster. And he had to go the, back. The, the Rams knew that at some point his knee was going to blow. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. Which is incredible to me that that information didn't come out until now. Whatever. But now you've got that coming out where Sean McVay says, yeah, we knew. Well, then why'd you play? Again, why? So are we at a point in the NFL where... We don't care whether a guy's going to get injured or not. We're going to play him. And if you're Odell Beckham Jr., why? Why do you put your career like... But it, Because now you're in a position where nobody wants to sign you because they don't think you can play. Yeah. And you're in a position where you're not even going to work out for a team before they sign you? Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. That, you that's, have no... I mean, did you bring any doctor statements? Anything with you? Because as far as what you're telling other people, you're not healthy. You're not yeah. healthy enough. And you let the Cowboys medical staff check you out. The, 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 matter of fact, not just any kind of medical, one of the best medical staffs in the league. Yes. Check you out and then said, well, uh, yeah, I'm not going to work out, though. That's questionable. And you thought you were going to get away with that? Uh, yeah, no. and, and Jerry's just going to cut you a check. and you're. Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's just not going to happen. But then if you're the Cowboys, you're telling me that the Cowboys didn't know this. I think they did, and this is why I told you before. I don't listen to anything Jerry Jones says until he makes it happen. But you get the sense that Mike McCarthy saw this coming. That's why he said we're fine. Whereas Jerry was more about selling the possibility of bringing in a a player like an Odell Beckham Jr. Jerry, Jerry would sell a bag of chips. If yeah. they told him, it'd give him some press time. He would. Jerry I, could sell a bag of chips to a lay, uh, Lay's employee. I mean, I mean that's a, that's that's not and get double his money. Yeah, for a it, bag like, of chips to a, a a dietitian right now. I mean, that's what Jerry does. Jerry talks in front of the media. He loves to have his quotes in the uh, in the headlines. And that's why I say I don't listen to Jerry. Jerry talked but it's about almost like he he's also strategic. Because we we've been talking about Odell Beckham Jr. for since thanks well before Thanksgiving yeah before Thanksgiving so the week before Thanksgiving we start talking about OBJ we continue to talk about OBJ yeah but we're not talking about the fact that Dak Prescott can't play quarterback period <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that in a minute but what a deflection how about don't focus on the bad contract I did give let's talk about the contract I could give you know like yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna deflect this you know let's not talk about the fact that Ezekiel Elliott for whatever reason, got disciplined. Yeah. Let's talk about OBJ. Let's not talk about whether or not I'm going to bring Tony Pollard back at the end of the year and not give him a second contract. Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. Both sides played the media and the fan bases like a fiddle. Yep, they blew that balloon up and let the air go out. <laughs> every other team in the league got caught up. Yep. They bit every other team. Every got, other team bit the bait. The Bills bit the bait. The Giants bit bit the bait. By uh, some accounts, Philadelphia. <laughs> they, yep, Philadelphia bit the. They all bit the bait with Odell and, Cow- and the Cowboys because they're like he can't go to Dallas. But the, the the crazy thing is, it was never you know you had some of the players like yeah come on down, but they that, didn't know what I I think where that changed is with Michael Parsons leaking what he leaked. Everybody, okay, yeah, we but, don't... But if you're Odell Beckham Jr., why say that? Like, why do you tell Micah Parsons something knowing 
that you don't want to work out. Well, and knowing that Michael Parsons is a leader on that team. Yeah, like, like he's not going to go tell Jeremy. Like, yeah. You know that as soon as Mike <laughs> got this card, Jerry, we need to talk. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to get... No, Jerry, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say... No, Jerry, we need to talk. This yeah. man can't play. <laughs> For five weeks. But... Wait, what? <laughs> like, I, I, And that's why I understand. Why would he... I guess he thought he was telling it in confidentiality, but... Like I said, Michael Parsons is a leader on that team. Even at his second year, he's a leader on that team of that defense. You're not going to tell somebody like that. Him and well, he was out with him and Trayvon Diggs, two leaders of that team. You're not going to tell somebody like that, something like that, and think it ain't going to come back. You know, like yeah. they just oh shoot, well yeah, we'll we'll hope to. Get. No, you know, I mean, and then you only want to play in the postseason. Nah, you're not about to poach off of us, man. Yeah, it's like and that. then bounce. No, well, okay, because what are you going to do? How are you going to contribute to the team the in the following year? And you want this long term deal? How are you going to contribute? We don't even. You want us to put you on the field in the most crucial point of our season, the playoffs. This ain't like it's first, second, third round, you know, or game seven like the NBA. No, this is one and done. You want us to put you on the field, and we don't even know. You won't work out for us. We don't know if you're healthy. No. Odell, you he shot himself in the foot with that one. Yeah, he he did what he had to do to make sure his name was still relevant, mm-hmm. that nobody forgot about him. I'm still out here. Yeah, did what he had to do. But for what though? Because what if he doesn't play in 2023? Then it's all for nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, I just get the sense that this it's was, all for nothing. This he, was may, maybe the greatest PR scam. In the last 15 years. Now, I, I, I can see. I won't say he won't play. I see him signing a, a year contract with somebody. But why? Because, because you, then he's you, healthy. But you don't know that. But if he's not going to work. From, from all accounts, he's not going to work out for any team. I hope for now. And I hope in the offseason he does. it comes across like it's not going to happen. I hope for his sake, if he's still looking to play, he works out for somebody. I don't, I don't know. I, I I'm not saying more, yeah. but I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath. I, I'm because just, if you, if you're if you're gonna work out later, then work out now. Like true. why why miss out on an opportunity to sign with a contender now? But you're not gonna get a big contract next year. No, and you've got again what, what to me the most detrimental thing that happened was Sean McVay coming out and saying we knew that that knee was gonna blow again. So that put a lot of other teams on notice. They knew about it. They played them anyway. Pops had made it worse. Exactly. And who's to say that the second surgery put him in a position to play football? It may have put him in a position to walk again, you know, and be a normal human being. Yeah. But not play professional football at this level? No. I, I don't see it. Because we'll one see. wrong hit or play. Yeah, it's gone. You're back right where you started. I, I just. But we'll see. Think about the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Well, let's back up. I almost skip over the Rams and their incredible comeback in the third quarter. With Baker Mayfield. Or fourth quarter. Baker Mayfield leading the pack. How about that? And you get the sense after that game, the way Sean McVay talked, that if Baker Mayfield can play well, Matt Stafford's gone. They, They are willing to move on from Matt Stafford even though they just gave him an extension, that they are willing to entertain the idea of Baker staying in Los Angeles. 
I'm calculating in my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm working in my mind. I would do it in a heartbeat. Because at this point, Matt Stafford doesn't put you in a better position to win a Super Bowl. He got his. But for next year? No. You get a healthy Jalen Ramsey. You can run the football. You dink and dunk. That's what we say that Baker Mayfield is. You know, he's he's the don't lose the game for me kind of quarterback. Why not? And here here's the genius part of all of this. And here's where I get the feeling that more of this was more and more that this was orchestrated. He gets released, asked for a release, right before a standalone Thursday night football game. He has 48 hours to learn that playbook. Baloney. He had been in contact with him, but, <laughs> but he just had to keep it where the tampering rule didn't apply. Yeah. Guess what when his second game with them is going to be? Monday night football. Your first two games with the defending Super Bowl champs just coincidentally happens to be two nationally televised standalone games? Coincidence much? I don't think so. I'll buy that for a second. He knew he wasn't going to start again in Carolina. That They, they put the kibosh on that. Matt Rule was out. It just not, not going to happen. So he looked around and he said, okay. San Francisco, the fans love Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. That you know, and then Jimmy G looks like he's actually gonna be able to come back. Not going there. Seattle lost yesterday, but they got Geno Smith. They seem to be happy. Mm-hmm. Not going there. Green Bay can't afford another quarterback because they still can't decide if Jordan Love's gonna start or not. You know that's not gonna happen. The Texans are a mess. They're a two quarterback system. I'm not going there. You look around the league. You know Denver has Russ. That's not going to happen. Cowboys have Dak Prescott. That's not going to, obviously, you know, going to happen. The Saints are what the Saints are, but you're not going to add Baker Mayfield into that mix and try and figure that out now, not at this point in the season. The Giants are still committed to Danny Dimes over there, (laughs) you know, in New York. The Jets are okay with Mike White and Joe Flacco and, Everybody, Zach Wilson and everybody else that may play quarterback, they're not in the market. So you start looking around. And, and he sat there and he goes, who's got a Los Angeles rant? Hey, Sean, here's what's going to happen in 24 hours. I'm going to walk in and I'm going to demand to be placed on waivers. Y'all are number two on the waiver wire. Pick me up. Work out the deets later. And you're telling me that it just so happened that his first two games outside of Carolina are on national television? I don't think so. He knew what he was doing. And for one game at least, it paid off. What if he wins Monday night? Not tonight, but next Monday night. Let's see who that game's against. I... mm -hmm. Let's say... That he wins Monday Night Football next week. And he beats Green Bay in Green Bay. 
even though it's a bad Green Bay team, that's still Green Bay Packers. They're still at home at Lambeau. You would assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to play in that ball game. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Baker Mayfield did not play too much of a flashy game in that entire game that they that he led them to a win. It wasn't until that last drive that he really But he didn't have to. Okay, but okay, but here's my, my here's my deal. And here's why I say that. It was the same thing when he first got to Carolina. And you see how that turned out. Yeah, but Carolina's not a very good football team. Uh, and okay, now and, Carolina won yesterday, but Carolina's not. Okay, a very but good football I'm, team. I'm a, I'm, which leads me to say this as well. You have a different team, a bit of a couple of better players, in Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles on the Rams than you do in Carolina. And you've got a better coach. Yes, you got a better coach. Uh, you got a better running game, better offensive line. Uh, better receiver core, a little bit better defense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you have an all a better team. My concern is, can he stay consistent? We'll see, and I think that that's why it's a genius move on the Rams. Because if he doesn't, you move on at the end of the year. His contract's up. Yeah, you weren't going to keep playing Stafford as it sat. Whatever, you move on. But it's also genius on his part because what if he does? If he does, then that's great. Now, because then, now not only has he put himself in a position to possibly stay in Los Angeles, but even if not, now he could play his way into a conversation where, you know, does Las Vegas stick with Derek Carr? You know, what happens in Green Bay? Does Aaron Rodgers want to stay there? Uh, you know, you start looking around and you go, Maybe there is a spot for Baker Mayfield. Maybe Baker Mayfield plays his way into a position where now he's a hotter commodity even than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I think the move was genius on both sides because it's not going to hurt anybody. Like The worst that happens is if you're the Rams is that you stay out of playoff contention. Yeah. And the best thing that can happen is he wins enough games that suddenly you're back in it yeah. and it works out for him because now he's played his way into a contract. Somewhere, whether it be with you or elsewhere. Yeah. I, I, I didn't I thought it was a great move for both sides. I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. I think that this could be a great yeah, I, I'm, story. Well, I'm definitely gonna be definitely gonna be watching. And if too, you're and so Cleveland got beat yesterday again, by the way. They and, just beat they got beat. And Deshaun Watson went like twenty six for forty two. Imagine this. What if Baker Mayfield makes the playoffs, wins the playoff game? How dumb does that make Cleveland feel? Right? I mean, like... And all you had to do was make one adjustment. That's it. <laughs> Don't throw it as much. Let them dink and dunk and run the ball. Exactly. And run the football. <laughs> you have Nick Chubb. And, 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 and uh, what's the other one? Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Run the ball. You have two of the best running backs in the league. Why run the ball? But nobody wants to run anymore. That's a different conversation. I I I, I mean I can't even say I wish the best for Baker Mayfield. I just want to see if he I can do because be. I think he's a good football player. I just want to see if he can be consistent. We'll see. That's all I, I, I think see. it'll be a good story to follow. I'm not wishing them bad. I'm not wishing them good. I just want to see if he can be. consistent. Now to our Cowboys. Yeah. Talk about needing a quarterback. That's where I'm gonna start. Good, you start there. Dak Prescott is. We're not winning a Super Bowl. Not with him. 
We may win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, but it'll be because we decide that we're going to move too. on. I want to talk about that too. But we're not winning a Super Bowl with him. At we can't. We can't wait a couple of years. No, we can't. We can't afford it. But I'm saying we're not winning one with him as our starting quarterback. It is not going to happen. I, His I, arm. And here's why. And and here's why I say there was more to that shoulder injury than anybody's talking about. He has possibly. one of the most inconsistent quarterback arms in the league. He's either on or he's way off. And the problem is that we have a, a offensive coordinator who cannot and will not stick to the game plan, which is dink and dunk and run the football. Yeah. But even if you stick to that game plan, I'm not convinced that Dak Prescott is a championship caliber quarterback. And, okay. Because I'm not comfortable with him two minutes ago with game one. Well, he proved it yesterday. Against the worst team in the league. And the reason we were in that position is because of him. Well, and, and less, and the defense played trash as well. And well, up yeah, until, but they only up gave, until the fourth quarter, but they only gave up twenty three points in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Now, now, granted, that's not what we're used to from them. But hey, in the NFL, that's not bad. But the reason we weren't putting up points was because he was missing receivers left and right. Yeah, and well, and let's and and let's say this: that Prescott. And and this is what because this is why I want to get to where I told you I wanted to say for the show. Lovey Smith, Super Bowl caliber coach, great defensive mind. Uh, Senator Tony Dungy. Yeah, and great guy. Good coach. Bad situation in Houston. Terrible. He said yesterday of Dak Prescott, you know, Dak is one of the best quarterbacks that in the game as of right, right now. He said they threw, they threw everything at them defensively. That last go, that last drive, they threw everything at them defensively that they could, except man, because they didn't have their corners. Everything they could, and I and I say this because we know and I know Dak is not the best quarterback when it comes to a zone defense. No. He cannot hit his targets accurately when there's extra guys out there flying around. And if that's it was, the problem. Yeah. You can't have a one-dimensional quarterback. No, you can't. But this is the thing. And man, one on one blitz all day. Send them at me. I'll yeah. pick you apart. But against the zone, he's not that good. But this is this is what kind of shifted my thought mentality just a tad bit on Dak. Is that if he's playing zone, and this is the type of quarterback that he is, and I'm not, I don't understand for whatever reason why they would want him to be a pocket quarterback. And I think it's a lot more mentally trauma than it is him not just wanting to do it or mm-hmm. him not being able to do it, rather. When Dak is outside the pocket, he's more accurate because then he can get those, he can hit those creases. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's outside the pocket. Inside the pocket, he's just standing there. All these guys are flying around. He's not going to hit his target most of the right. time. Outside of the pocket, he can have the choice of either running it or throwing it. And that's where he's good. He's good on the play-action plays. He's good on those um, option plays. 
him and Zeke or him and Tony Pop, those uh, build your offense around that. Dak is not your pocket quarterback. Yeah. He's not your Tony Romo. It even happened to, to Tony Romo. If he stayed in the pocket for too long, he was going to get hit. You know? Yeah. And that's where a lot of his injuries came from. Mm-hmm. Any quarterback, if you're not Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers, that's just a few. Matt Stafford, that's a few. Every other quarterback is good outside that pocket. Dak is one of those quarterbacks. And I, for the, I don't understand what Kellen Moore is trying to do with with Dak Prescott. Well, I think that there's, t- but it goes back to there's too much money tied up in Dak. It is because he's got a bum ankle and a bum shoulder. But the ankle's fine. Eh, I don't no, no. buy that. I think the I think the ankle's fine. I question the shoulder more than the ankle. I I question the ankle, and here's why. Not not in a severe way, but I question whether or not they're comfortable with it. Because there are times where you watch him, and there's a crease. There's a there's a five, six, seven yard crease. He doesn't and, run, and he doesn't take it. I think, and and. Honestly, this is why I say because when he does run, he can run, and that's why that's why I don't question the ankle more than the well, shoulder. But he, I'm not saying he can't run. I question whether or not I think they're not just, comfortable with him running. Exactly because I think that they question based off of their you know we talked about they've got the best medical staff in the league. I think that that staff questions whether or not that ankle could sustain another hit. That if you if you just lit into it, you know, if he yeah. puts himself out there, but you but you you look at how that that break happened. That was a freak tackle, right? You but s- once that ankle breaks, and there were there were physicians that that were on other shows, right? Mm-hmm. That ripped the Cowboys for the way that they handle that publicly, and here's why: they said that type of a break, he won't be the same again. They can say what they want. But they explained where it was and how that fits into that ball joint and the yeah. way it moves around. They said all this talk that Jerry did about, oh, he'll be fine and he'll be the same quarterback, all these physicians said that's impossible. So that tells me not necessarily that he can't run. I think he can. But it tells me that there's some question as to whether or not he could take a hit. That if he's out in open space and a let's say a linebacker or a free safety comes down and just takes it to him. And he, you know, folds. I think that there's a question in there, maybe his mind or the staff's mind, about whether or not that thing would snap. It won't. And, and it just depends on he, how he, that's why I say it depends on how he gets hit. Because if you go, and I'm telling you, go back and look at how that was a freak accident. And I say that because the defender tackled him from behind, pulled him back. And his ankle was behind him. But you're dealing him back now on though, that with, ankle. A, with a not truly healed. According to other doctors, that there's no way that that's truly healed. Like that, that's impossible. From, from, at from, this point, it probably is. But no, like that you never. Well, I'm not saying the, not not to be the same like as it was. Yeah. And and honestly, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like healed. Nobody, it? and it's not going to be completely healed or or. Especially a tear like that. Just like but, with an ACL. Yeah, but the problem is for a quarterback like him, it needed to be. Like yeah. For him to do what he had been yeah. doing, he needs to be able to take that five or six yard crease. Yeah. Because he's not going to be able to just pick you apart from the pocket. It's yeah. not going to happen. But And and, and the, deal, the deal with Dak is, and we've been saying this for, for the longest, you have to, 
whether he's going to run or not, you have to form that offense. If if you're going to want him to throw, you got to form that offense around to make it a possible. You you've got you you've gotten your offensive line together. Yes. You know. With Tyron Smith coming back. Now, you lost Jason Steele possibly for yes. the season. That that looked like, just live, that looked like that a, a season knee, yeah, ending yeah. injury. But you're, you're, you're moving Jason Peters over to right tackle, mm-hmm. so you should be fine. You are working out of your run game now, mm-hmm. which, which you've been doing for the majority of the season anyway. you should be doing. Yeah. That's not an issue. But the issue is... When you're wanting him to constantly throw, 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 and you know for a fact you've seen he's not that good against a zone defense, you got to start making plays, Kellen Moore, for your guy, your starting guy, your leading guy, to make plays. You know, if you're not going to use him, run the ball, make make plays, or run plays that you even get fancy with running the ball. Mm-hmm. Run some option, run some reverses, do something. To where you run the ball, you hold on to the ball, and you just drive the field like that. Uh, breaking news, Terrence still out for the year. Out for the year? Knee injury? Yeah, torn ACL. See? So, okay, so you're going to get Jason Peter over at right tackle right now. Mm-hmm. He should be good to go for camp next year. Yeah. You, okay, you're going to be fine. It sucks because he was up for the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. First year Pro Bowl. Yep. Um, But... Dallas, if, and this is why I say, Dallas can't wait another two, three years for a Super Bowl. No, but they're going to have to because they don't have a quarterback. You can't. Be, you, the, you, okay, the, so you asked me this during the game last yesterday. You sent me a text, and, and this is my answer. Do you call Aaron Rodgers? Yes. You call Aaron, and here's why. Aaron does not want to be in Green Bay. You can tell it. At, at this point, it's all over his face. It's all over his demeanor. He's even talking about the possibility of just not playing the rest of the year, you know, and, and just letting Jordan Love do his thing. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. Do I think he – does it seem like he still wants to play football? Yes. I just don't think it, it's going to be in Green Bay. He threw the verbal bouquets out like there was no tomorrow at Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I m- – and I said this a couple of years ago when we hired Mike McCarthy. I don't think Mike wants Dak. I don't think that that's who he wanted long term, and I think that he was upset that Jerry gave him that big deal. I, I think that that's one of the, the reasons that there was such friction there was talk about just moving on from Mike McCarthy. I don't think it was a fact of X's and O's and whether or not he could win football games. I think it was a matter of him and Jerry were at odds with each other, and Jerry thought, well, I'll just go hire one of my guys. You know, and I'll bring in Sean Payton. Now, I don't think that, I don't know that Sean Payton would have kept Dak either, but Jerry would listen to Sean Payton more so on that than he would Mike McCarthy. That's just how Jerry operates these days. And so I think that why would you continue, and it's what you said earlier, if you're going to keep Dak, you have to form an offense around him. That's not what Mike wants to do. You know, we, we, now, Kellen Moore is calling the plays, but ultimately, Mike McCarthy sets the tone. This is the kind of offense I want to run. Yeah. Well, he clearly is not going to build an offense around Dak Prescott. He's not going to do it. Whether whether what No matter what, he's going to go down yeah. with his playbook and his philosophy of football. And so, why not bring in Aaron Rodgers? 
Because you're running out of time. You're right. You can't wait. You're running out of time. Zeke's. You, you, you've you've wasted. Well, not just yeah. Zeke, you're on the verge of Pollard leaving. Yeah. You know, there's questions about: Do you give him a second contract? Do you not give him a second contract? Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, all even Michael Parsons. You, Michael you, Parsons, you, you don't, don't want to run the risk of losing. Yeah. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. You waste his, the best. Michael of Gallup. His. I mean, that's why I say it, Schultz. You Schultz. Don't, I mean, yeah. You can't wait and shoot off another season. Just say, "Well, we'll get." That's not. This ain't high school. Yeah, you don't. You don't get to keep these. Yes, guys. it's not like they're in their freshman year in high school. Well, they'll be back next season. No, this this is do or die. And this is why I say. And this hit me last night when I was thinking about it after the game. Cowboys can't wait another season. No, they cannot wait till next year. It, it's either this year or never. I hate to say it. They're my team. I love them. It's probably never. Yeah. Like, because I, they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. It's just not going to. And, and that's the case. And that's what Zach Martin and them said at the beginning of the season is that we do not want to waste our career. And, and the that's problem the, is after seeing Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia is the best team in the AFC. Yeah. We're not going to beat them. They're, the Cowboys are not winning that division. Not going to happen. They're not going to lose enough games for the Cowboys to catch up, and the Cowboys are not. No, I, well, I no, Cowboys know. are going to be uh, are going to end the season second in that division. Yeah, they're going to get the wild card, and they're going to go on the road and probably play the Buccaneers, who yeah. lost yesterday, got blown out. Tom Brady looks pedestrian. Yeah, I can see them beating the the Buccaneers. Yeah, I could see that. Because that's a bad team. Yeah. And and the Buccaneers are going to win because that's just a bad division. That's the only reason they're getting to host a playoff game. Yeah. But Dallas, they can't wait. I mean, I'm, uh, they can't wait. It's, it's either this year or, or never because Zach Martin, you don't want to waste his career. Tyron Smith, is, he's on the brink of retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, you, you know, j- even though you just signed him to a new contract, you don't want to keep wasting these guys' career, year in and year yep. out, you know, on hopes, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is the crazy thing about it: Dallas doesn't have a medi- mediocre team like they've had in the in the past. No, they they've got a championship caliber football team. So, and, and it's almost like, what the heck is the deal? What's going on? Yeah. You know what? It, because it's it's not flashy like the Eagles, but you have a good receiving core. Yep. You have a great running game. You have your offensive line is back stellar. You have an okay quarterback that can, or a good quarterback that can dink, dunk, do what he needs to do. You have a defense who's playing lights out. But I think that there's a lack of confidence in Dak, and here's why: because the players are on that roster now have seen Dak blow games. That's what they've seen. And I, if I'm on that defense, it's a stellar defense. One of the best in the league. Okay, we make the stops, but he doesn't score. Then we got to go back out there and do it again. Yeah. Over and over and over. But and that begins it, to wear on a football it, team. It does. It does. But as of right now, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott is not a good duo. 
They're no. not a good match. I don't I don't think either one of them, in my opinion, are championship caliber. He he's not a championship caliber. Because coach, yesterday and Dax are championship yesterday caliber. Yesterday he, he tried yeah. to run up I don't know what the heck it was. And this is what I mean with Kellen Moore. He has those plays that are just weird looking. They look mm-hmm. too fancy to run for the Cowboys for anybody. And when they run it, it's like, what the heck was supposed to happen there? Yeah. Where does he pull these plays out at at the most unforeseen times? <laughs> Why does he do it? Let's run this. And there was no reason to call this kind of play. And But this is what he does. He, he mm-hmm. has these weird-looking plays that they're either going to work or they're a bust. You know? And so, I mean, it's like him and Dak aren't a good duo. Yeah. His playbook, whatever it may be, for Dak is not a good playbook. Mm-hmm. And, and what works best is what you're doing best is running the ball. Splitting the carries between uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. You know? Yeah. And, and and as far as it goes as of right now, Zeke and Tony Pollard are just fine with that. Zeke yeah. understands his his uh, his circumstances. And Pollard understands, understands his. his. And you've got one of the best backfields in the NFL. Yeah. And you're going to blow it. You want to stand in the pocket and throw it all day. Hey, come on. And I, you got you you have an offensive line. Your left side is kind of is starting to come back together and blocking. You have a good What are you doing? Yep. I CD Lamb's me. good in open space. Silence of the CD Lamb, baby. You don't you Let's run some jet sweeps with him. He's done it before. Yeah. You know, got you, you got to get the ball in space. That That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, we talked about Tampa Bay gets blown out. And at what point does Tom Brady go, you know what? This is it. Next year. As but, you know, him. now there's a oh, yeah, that's that According he, to him, next year. But, but I told you I wanted to talk about this. Think about all the aspects that come with Tom Brady. Does he stay in Tampa Bay? If he doesn't stay in Tampa Bay, where is he going? Because San Francisco's got their own quarterback mess with or without him. Mm-hmm. So where is he going? And then on top of that, what about that Fox contract, that $300 million Fox contract? $374 million. Yes. So some change. What, yeah, okay. <laughs> and some change. Yeah, because he wants that extra $74 million and some change. Well, they might need it after losing all that money in that FTX deal or whatever it was. Um, But, you know, when when that got reported, it was like an open-ended whenever he decides to end his football career. But if you're Fox, that can't be true. Like, you're not going to leave that spot open forever. You lost Troy Aitman. You lost Joe Buck. You kind of have nobody. I mean, it's prominent now in the booth. Yep, yep. You can't afford for that. Tony app. Romo ain't coming to you. He's signed. No, he's, he's locked in with CBS. With CBS. What are you doing? I Like I told you before the show, they have to put that deal on the table and say, leave it or take it. Be- you, because you can't just leave it on the table and and, and, and be wait an for him. And be an open-ended contract. Yeah, no. It, it just, I don't know. It's gotten to the point where this is a wearisome saga. Like, it, I'm just tired of it. I'm like, Tom, you know what? I was ready to give you some accolades, but you know what? Just go home. Yeah, just go, just home. go home, man. We're not even going and, and how terrible is it that these guys stay in it so long that we just get tired of them? Like, Brett Ford, we got tired of it. Yeah. Like, Brett, just go home, man. 
it should never, yeah, it shouldn't like, be like that, especially not with Tom Brady. But, but we're ti- like it's reached that point that even the national media is tired of him. Like he's not getting even the same spots on the the shows. No, it's just not happening. You know, used to to get clickbait in the, in, on your show. You talked about the Lakers in the NBA. You talked about the Yankees in Major League Baseball, and you talked about Tom Brady in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't talk about Tom Brady in the NFL because people are tired of talking about him. They're tired of talking about the fact that Tom Brady should have stayed retired, walked away, and moved on with his life. Yeah. And he didn't, and he's paying in his personal life and more so and in his professional, professional life. Yep. Because now he's not regarded as one of the greats. Now, he will go down as a Hall of Fame caliber football player, but he's tarnishing his reputation. It just is what it is. But he, yeah. they got blown out yesterday by the 49ers and Brock Purdy, and we'll see. But you know, right now you, yeah, you, because you're in such a bad division, it's like Tom, host a playoff. Tom game. Brady is rather than getting, he's 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 being uh, burnout. Right? Yeah, he's it's, it's, just tired of it. Yeah, uh, Miami lost again. They're gonna. <laughs> Is the season down the drain for them? I don't think it's down the drain, but I don't think that the ceiling is as high as we thought. Like they went on that little run where I thought they may make the Super Bowl, like they yeah. got a chance. And you look at Buffalo; Buffalo's not who we thought they were. the 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 Chiefs, I think, are human. They're I think wag- they're beatable. Yeah. But now you're in a position. If you're Miami, you're going to go play on the road. In the playoffs. And I don't know that they're good enough to win a, a playoff game on the road. I, 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 I'm not saying they're not. But you've kind of played your way out of the divisional yeah. title there. Because you lost again. Buffalo pulled it out against the Jets. And that was a game where you thought maybe they could gain some ground. Because the Jets are one of those tricky teams that will pop up and beat you every once in a while. I Just interesting. But it's... Tua has established that he can play. Yep. I, with the Dolphins, I just think, like I said, they went on that run where they were undefeated. It was them and the Eagles for the longest. Yeah. And then they lost to Buffalo. And it, then it, they came out back on yeah, track. And, and then, then Tua got hurt. And then. Gone back and forth. Yeah. And Tua's played well. It's not Tua. Yeah, I it's just, just that you look at that roster and you start to see the cracks in it. Yeah, that they're that they, you know, because that was my question with Tyreek going over there was look, why, and then it looked like okay he made the right decision, but now it's back to maybe he can't be that standalone. Guy. But it's starting to look like a little like uh, the Chiefs' offense when Tyreek was with them. Yeah, because you have Jaden Waddle over there as well. Yeah. And so the, him and Tyreek um, put together, you know, it's a good matchup. It's a good match. And with Tua and everything. So that's where it, it, it looked good. Uh, I don't know what if the run game is existing or not, but your offense is, is working. But I think that defense is, is, is more in question than the offense. Um, the defense is not as... And Miami has never ever really had a uh, lockdown defense. You know, they never had the top defense, but they've kept good offenses. 
I think if they they make some adjustments in their defense, then they they could be that team that could go on the road and win. But you got to make adjustments to your defense if you're going yeah. to beat a buff a Buffalo or a, a Kansas City. You just have to. You can't rely on your offense the whole time. You can't rely on Tyreek Hill or even Jalen Waddle. You can't you just can't rely on those two. You have to make adjustments in your def- defense if you're going to stop Patrick Mahomes. You could stop. Uh, no, I'm not even going to say that. Uh, but if you're going to stop uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Josh Allen, mm-hmm. you, you just have to. Yeah. Um, but that I mean, the AFC is just not very good. No, you have the your NFC's top, really not either. The NFC is almost parity, full of the NFC East and well, but, Minnesota. But, even, but yeah, but well, not even Minnesota. Now they got beat by Detroit. I don't know that they're that good. I think Detroit scores a lot of points, and I I think Detroit can be a good football team. I think they're tough. But I don't. I don't look at Minnesota as a great football team. I, I thought that they got exposed by the Cowboys. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at them and said, you know, that's not great. I, I right now, you've got pretty in the AFC. You've got the Chiefs and the Bills and everybody. Well, then you've got the Bengals. Cincinnati's still in that. So you got those three and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. The NFC, as it stands, just on the eye test, it's Philadelphia and the rest of the league. It's the rest of that division. Yeah. That's it. Philadelphia, then you have uh, San Fran, um, Seattle. And then the Cowboys. The Cowboys. I would put put the Cowboys above Seattle. Well, yeah, okay. Cowboys, then Seattle. Yeah. That's your top four, right? I I don't even want to throw Minnesota in there. So, but Minnesota is leading their division still. Okay, well then Minnesota's at the bottom then. So you've got the Eagles leading the East. You've got the 49ers leading the West. Seahawks in second over there. You've got Minnesota leading the North, although they just lost a divisional game to the Lions. But Lions didn't, it doesn't seem that they're going to be able to close the gap and win that division, but they're going to make the playoffs. That's a dangerous playoff team, just because mm-hmm. they can score. Uh, and then you've got, of course, Tampa Bay down there in the south. That's a bad division. Yeah. And so, I mean... Who would have ever thought that we would see a day when the Saints were in the last in that division? <laughs> oh, well. That's where we're at. Juby's left. But, it, but, but left. it goes back to what I've been saying for weeks. There's not a lot of great football. No, 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 no. And and you're starting to see it now that the season's kind of closing in, or closing out. There's a lot of meaningless, uh, like no. tonight, the Monday night football game tonight. Patriots and the Cardinals. And it means nothing. Two horrible teams. I'm not, not horrible. Okay, Patriots aren't horrible, but the Cardinals are. Oh, the, yeah, the, the Cardinals are gosh awful. That's a bad, and, and at I, what point do the Cardinals blow that joker up? <laughs> like at some point, you you gotta you gotta. But how do you go from being a freaking Super Bowl contender to having the worst season? I mean, last the last two years, but, the Cardinals were they like they weren't though. They were a Super Bowl contender on paper, but anybody who watched them knew that that's not a Super Bowl caliber football team. You could tell. 
They don't have a Super Bowl caliber coach in Cliff Kingsbury, who never should have gotten that job in the first place. They don't have a Super Bowl caliber quarterback in Kyler Murray, no matter how athletic he may be. He doesn't want to put in the effort to be a true great, truly great starting quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't want to do it. I told you uh, last week when we were just talking about him, he should have gone and played professional baseball, hands down. Should have done it. He chose not to, and now he's kind of paying for it in the press. But that's not a great football team. Never has been, in my opinion. I, I thought they could put up points. But outside of that, I never looked at them and said, oh, that's a great football team. You just don't see it. Fair enough. A- another quarterback is Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson goes out with an injury, what appears to be a bad injury. Yeah, it was. It was. he was stuck for a moment. He was stuck for a moment. Staring what? into the distance. It looked bad. Now, this is the, it was the kind of, should I make the joke? <laughs> Not right now. Come on. Not right now. Just let's 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 just show some respect to Russ right now and his down moment. I get the joke. It's a good. It's, good it's a joke. great joke. But let's show some respect to Russ. But okay, at what point though <laughs> does Russell Wilson say, "You know what? I'm not, you're you're like three and ten." Just Probably him. after that hit. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to play. Nathaniel Hackett's probably one and done, right? Like, yeah. I can't imagine a world where he, he gets to He seeped into the back of the seams. He's just standing in the back. But he got it. that, and I stand by this, Nathaniel Hackett got that job because Denver believed that he would bring Aaron Rodgers with him. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen and they had to sell for Russell Wilson, and everybody acted like, oh, they're getting Russell Wilson. They settled. Russell Wilson was not their first choice. He probably had to convince them that hey, go ahead and bring me in because yeah. I'm I really want out of this mess. Yeah, but and then I, now he gets exposed, and he's got former teammates now saying we don't we didn't like him. Yeah, he's a fake. He's a fraud. He's about him. He's not you know all those things. But with with with. Russell. He's not believable. That's the problem with Russell Wilson at this point. It's not believable. All this Broncos country. Let's ride. Ride where? To the abyss? <laughs> to, the, to, to the no man's land? You're yeah, like, where are we going? And So, okay. Let's kind of talk about that, that, that injury. You watching it, it doesn't look that bad. But then you see how he lays there. Yeah. That's what made it look bad. Yeah. And he was stuck, and he just kind of slowly got up and just stood there. And the, what got me with that was that they immediately called for for yeah. the other players that hit him were immediately, they knew. Yeah. Like, players know. Other players know when they've hurt somebody. Yeah. And they knew as soon as they hit him, that guy. And, and I think, what I mean, you watch him lay there, and it, you immediately think about Tua. Yeah. That's, it, yeah, that's yeah. where your mind goes yeah. is Tua sitting there convulsing on the field, holding his hands up, you know, looking at him. Yeah. That's where your mind goes. And I think that that's why that injury was such a thing was because just earlier this year we had a similar type of hit yeah. result in a near stroke. You know, and so I think that's why it got the publicity that it did. Yeah, and you don't, you don't, and those type of hits you don't take like when a player's just laying there, motionless for for a minute on the ground. 
Yeah, yeah, you. Those are the type of things because you don't know anything could happen in a split second. You don't know if their life is on the line or anything. And, and he wasn't moving for a good second. Mm-hmm. And so, and this is where you know you have to, as players, as a player, you have to ask yourself. Is it worth it? Especially, you know, you're in a situation that's not a good situation. You know, team's not good. You're losing. You're not, at this point, you're not even trying to piece things together. No, there's nothing to piece together. And so, at this point, you're just playing. But you can't, but if you're Denver, the only reset button you can hit is to hire a new head coach. Yeah. But but okay, here's my, who's going to want to coach Russ now? Because everybody in the league's going, Pete Carroll knew what he was talking about. Pete Carroll was right to say, trade him. <sighs> and now you've got other players. Here's the, the, the most convicting piece of evidence against him, to me. Mm-hmm. Were teammates coming out, former teammates... Coming out and saying we didn't enjoy playing with him, and and these were big players. This yeah. was Malcolm Butler. This was uh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman coming out and saying, "Listen, he wasn't who you thought." And then it came out that it was his decision to throw the ball on the goal line in the Super Bowl. And you know, we murdered Pete Carroll for that. And Pete Carroll was the good soldier. And took the bullet. When in reality, everybody in the Seahawks building knew it's Russell Wilson. And why would another coach want to subject themselves to that kind of a football player? And if you're Denver, you can't get rid of him because you gave him that contract right. as soon as he showed up. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, and <laughs> I mean, thank goodness that Jerry didn't bite on that deal. That's one deal he turned out that I'm thankful for. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. It'd be a disaster up in Dallas. But that also makes me wonder who else in the NFL knew about this. Like, whoever was on. But what I'm saying is, when you trade for a guy, you investigate him. Yeah. You put feelers out. So where did Denver miss it? Because you can't tell me that they're just now figuring out that. There was a locker room full of guys in Seattle that thought he was a fraud, that didn't want to play with him, that, well, that famously have now have now famously said he wasn't the teammate that he made everybody think that if, he was. Okay, if that being the case, you 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 probably know all that. You take that all in, you know, take that to heart. You think about it, and then you look back look back over. Russell Wilson was the next best thing on the market outside Aaron Rodgers. So when you couldn't get Aaron, you get the next best thing. So mm-hmm. you thought at the time, Russell Wilson. So yeah. you got, at the time, okay, we've got our guy. You know, for the time being, we couldn't get who we really wanted, was the top on the list, but we got the second guy. And so that's what I believe Denver looked at. Okay, you, you, we couldn't get Aaron because now Green Bay's gave him this contract that we can't match. All right. Now, because we had, we just got uh, Randy Gregory from the Cowboys on the big contract, so 
Russ is the only thing on the on on the list. The next the, best the name. Bit, the big name. Yeah, because the big you didn't name. Didn't want to go get Jimmy G. No, you didn't want to go get uh, Baker Mayfield, who was out there at that time. And Russ made a good stake in his claim, saying he wanted to cook. That's what they were looking for. But they didn't they, get it. No, they they thought that they were hiring an Italian chef. They, get a, they got a redneck. You didn't get a hot bowl of chili in, in, in Denver. No. You, you, got a cold I mean, you didn't do it. It just, no. I, but I, now he's kind of handcuffed the franchise. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, and it is what it is. And, We've and, said and, it many and look times. At, look at that division that they're in. I was so, that one too. I bet it is. So they're in a division now with the Raiders. Oof, bad. That's a bad football team. And, you know, who just blew that game against L.A., that was a game you had to win. Yeah. Now, I think Josh McNails gets another year. I don't think he should. I think he will. You know. Uh, then you've got the Chargers. You're not magically going to jump them. And you're not beating the Chiefs. Like, you, if you're Denver, you're not playing your way into a playoff spot in the next year or two. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. No. But you're going to pay Russ a lot of money. This is what I've said since we started this show, and I said it even before we had a show. We have got to get to a point where we quit throwing contracts at guys just because they asked for them. And name, based on name. Yeah, where we look them in the eye and say, you're not worth that, so here's what you are worth, and this is what I'm going to pay you, and if you want to play for me, you can sign it, and if you don't, that's fine. Take your services elsewhere. It, this is ridiculous. That we are literally... This is why the NFL is as bad as it is now. Because for far too long, we have paid guys money that don't deserve to get paid. We have traded away draft picks. You know, famously in Houston. Mm-hmm. Move on. Yep. Create a competitive league. <clears throat> I, I, think, I think Houston started this. They did. They did. Uh, last thing I want to talk about in the NFL. I'm going to take back some things I've said about Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. I think he may have a chance. I don't think he's going to be who we thought. (coughs) But I do think he has a a, a possibility to be better. Okay, why do you say that? He won. (laughs) I mean, he beat a good football team. Who they play again? Uh, let's see. Tennessee. Yeah, the Titans, that's right. Yeah. 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 I had written down and I didn't even know. <laughs> you mean the Titans. That's a good football team. Yeah. And he played well. Got to see some of it. See, that's how much football I watch. I forget who plays what. He played well. I think that if you build around him, I think he could be a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. Do I think he's necessarily going to be a Super Bowl championship quarterback? Probably not. Yeah, and if so, it's going to take some years. Do I think he's going to be worth a large second contract when he's off this rookie deal? No, I don't. But okay, so let's talk about this. But I don't think he's trying. No, no. uh, Let's kind of talk about this real quick to interject this in here. I want to get. Not going back to Tom Brady, I want to say this because this I just came just came to mind. Tom Brady set an uh, non-existent standard. 
He came in as a rookie, did bad. Second year led him to the Super Bowl and won. And so but he didn't do that. He gets credit for that Super Bowl. He shouldn't. But okay, but because of that, that's why I said non existent standard. Yeah. Because of that, so you're looking at these quarterbacks like a like a Trevor Lawrence and uh I mean that, that that Patriots team had a great defense and a great running. Yeah. And so that that's why you're looking at a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence who's you know, well, Tom Brady did it. Well, no, Tom Brady didn't do it. He had Bill Belichick and a great defense. And everybody else. Yeah. And so it's it's like this unexpected or uh, unexistent, non-existent standard that within your first few seasons, if you don't go to the Super Bowl, you're nothing. Yeah. And that's not true. I mean, look at um, John Elway. You know, heck, well, uh, Dan Marino went to so he never won, but he went. It took look how long it took him mm-hmm. to get there. You know, Kurt Warner. These guys went, but it it didn't happen their first second. Second year in the NFL, so Tom Brady, it's it's that standard of a quarterback has to be at this level by then. Everybody matures at the game differently. Yeah, and 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 they have their own time wheel of when they get to that point. I think Trevor Lawrence at this point with the team that he's with, they if he that came, he has Doug Peterson there now. Yeah, very good. Uh, if, if, if he came there when he was, when they were good back in, what was that, 2016? Yes. Then, yeah. They could have made When they had Blake Bortles and were yeah. winning a playoff game with Blake Bortles. Yeah. Then, yeah, they could have. Because then you had receivers, you had a good running game, you had a good defense. But now, it would have to rely on him. And I, I, yeah. I still stand by what I've said, that I don't think he's who we thought he was, but I will take back the whole he'll, he'll never amount to anything comment. <laughs> uh, I, because, you know, I do think he could be serviceable. But I think that's why we've got to stop assuming that these guys are going to be franchise-altering quarterbacks. Trey Lance. Yeah. Nobody knows if he can play. Like... San Francisco assumes he can. Yeah. For whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan thinks he will. I don't know that. Zach Wilson. He's in and out of the starting rotation in, in New York. And everybody crowned him the, the guy who was going to bring the Jets back. Yeah. And now they're winning games, but they're winning them with Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson. It's like not just the Zach Wilson show. Who else over there in uh, the Patriots? Uh, Mac Jones yeah. gets benched every once in a while. <laughs> you know, depending on what mood Belichick is in. Get put in timeout. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, Malik Willis can't start over Ryan Tannehill. And I thought that was a dumb draft move to begin with. Why would you bring a guy like Malik Willis to an offense like Tennessee? But whatever. Yeah. They did. He, you know... Can he pick it? Now, that's a bad... I'm not going to judge him. That's a bad Steelers team. But I don't know that... We don't know... Can he pick it? Should have went to the Titans and Malik Willis should have went to the Steelers. Yes. But we don't know that Kenny Pickett can play. Because it's a horrible team. A horrible offensive line. A horrible offense. And, and, you know, it's just like Trevor Lawrence. Everybody gave him the, well, he had to play in an urban... Okay, we're talking about Urban Meyer, who won national championships everywhere he went. Who won a national championship with Tim Tebow? Okay, why does he get a hall pass? <laughs> Urban Meyer didn't throw those interceptions. 
I don't care how <laughs> messed up it may have been in the locker room. He didn't throw the interceptions. Yeah. Good. That's a good point to look at it because we do blame. Oh, well, Urban Myers. Well, okay. Well, he he wasn't on the field. He wasn't playing. He just called the plays. Exactly. If, he, if the guy he missed the pass, the it was on the offensive plays. I mean, yeah. If the guy play. missed the pass, it was on that guy. It's it was on, on that guy. Yeah. Like I, I think that everybody wanted Trevor Lawrence to be something that he's not going to be, and so we were willing to give him these hall passes. Well, now what are we going to do? It's just interesting. Let him be who he's going to be and develop it to And then just move be. on, yeah. accept it, and, and move on. Well, the winter meetings wrapped up in Major League Baseball. Uh, biggest moves that kind of closed them out. Aaron Judge decided to stay in New York, signed a nine-year, $360 million deal, I believe it was. And... I'm glad. I'm not overjoyed, but I'm glad. Well... But you still need pieces around him. That was a PR move by the Yankees. And here's why I say that. If he didn't play for you, he was going to, like, San Francisco. That was the next team up. He's going to go to the National League. Okay. But can the Yankees really lose a player to the San Francisco Giants? No. Can't. I mean, like, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. You're the New York Yankees. You have more money than everybody else in baseball. Well, that would have happened, then you come to laughing stock of the Major League. Yeah, it's not that you won't win bowl games, but now you really, you know, you've put yourself in a bad position. Yeah. Do I think that he's worth that? No, I do not. Do I think that he made a great decision by betting on himself and then going out and having a great season and getting to fly high off the fact that he, you know, uh, broke the American League home, single season home run record? Yes, I do. Do I think that he will be a productive player by year six, seven, eight, nine? No, I do not. He's not going to be the difference maker in whether or not you win another World Series in New York. Not going to happen. He proved that this year in the playoffs. I mean, he got exposed. So, was it a must sign because of the PR? Yes. Is it a franchise, a, a, a franchise directional altering signing? No, it's not. But hey, got Aaron Judge. You're the Yankees. You have to keep him in pinstripes for whatever that's worth. People will buy tickets to say they've seen him in person. He'll hit some more home runs. And you see what happens. Uh, do I think that that's... That now, it helps that they're in a bad division. It's not a great division. I mean, Toronto's okay. But they've got their own problems. Boston's okay. They've got their own problems. Baltimore's still a young team. We really don't know where they're going to sit, you know, in all of this. So yeah. you you probably still win that division. Uh, but do I think that that just automatically puts you in a position to win a World Series? No. We'll, we'll see what happens, you know, what they do with that pitching staff, what they do with the back end of the bullpen, all of those things. But do I think you had to sign him? To save face, yeah, I do. And I, 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 after seeing the deal, when I saw that it was done, I said this was more about we can't afford to lose him to somebody else because we're the Yankees. Yeah, we're not supposed to lose superstars to other play, you know, places. Yeah, uh, and I, I felt like that's what it was about more than anything else. The other big move that kind of closed out the winter means was Justin Verlander goes to the Mets. He leaves the Astros, 
And the Mets had to sign him because, you know, DeGrom leaves to come to Texas. So now the Mets need that one-two punch. You, you still got Max Scherzer. What better way to do it than to bring back his old teammate or bring on his old teammate in Justin Verlander, who at 39 years old still throws 97 miles an hour and has a curveball that drops off the table and <laughs> dominates like it's, you know, he wins another Cy Young Award. And, I mean, he's just pitching like there's no tomorrow. Hey, yeah, yeah. why not? Do I think that that puts him in a position to win a World Series? Yes, I do. You've got you've got Max Scherzer, you've got Jacob Degraw, uh, 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 Justin Verlander, you've got Edwin Diaz, you've got a, a solid lineup over there. You've got Buck Walter at the helm. Yeah, I think that that puts him in a position. Do I think the Rangers can be more competitive now in that division? Because now you're, as it stands, the Rangers are in a position to have the best rotation top to bottom. In the division. I, so, I'm just glad, you know, you saying that. So, they're putting themselves in a position to win. You know, they took advantage, good advantage of this offseason. And, yes. and went and they got what they needed. all that money. Yeah. Yep. And so, like and I said. All accounts are not done yet. Yeah. I just say for the Rangers is, you know, use, they obviously they've used what they have. Went and got what they needed. And, and now you just have pitching. To, yeah. We needed it desperately. God, <laughs> that's yeah. See that right there has been the Rangers' downfall Ooh. since 2012. Yeah, for the last ten years. Yeah. Not, oh, and, and before that, it was atrocious. I mean, just and so. I mean, Rangers. I mean, like I said, I'm not against. I, they're a Dallas, Texas team, so you know I root for them. You know, I, I like to see them win. But I'm a Yankees fan. But kudos to them for. Putting themselves in position to win and make getting the necessary pieces that they needed. Yeah, I hope the Rangers do the same. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The, no, I hope my Yankees do the same. <laughs> but we'll see, and and we'll keep you up to date. There's still some some free agents out there. Carlos Correa is still out there. You still have some second tier pitching at starting pitching out there. Carlos Rodon uh, still has not signed anywhere. Doesn't look like the Rangers would be in on him, but that's still a possibility. We'll we'll be uh, watching the market as it continues to unfold. But everybody kind of hitting the reset button. You're coming off the dash from the winter meetings where all this is kind of blowing and going. Going to see where you're at now that they're over, and then uh, maybe wait till January to for more of your big signings. Yeah, uh, heading into Christmas, so we'll keep up with that. But hey, a lot going on in the sports world. A lot more going to happen, a lot more to yeah. cover. We're going to be there for it all. Uh, continue to keep up with us on uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, wherever you can find us. And uh, give us a shout-out, share us, all those things. Follow. And, uh, hey, we're here for it. Yep. It's been good. This is a great show, man. Like I said, things are starting to kind of... Close in on your know, high school football, NFL is uh, on the NFL as well. Basketball is starting to get to crunch time, so it's a lot like this. A lot, of, a lot of news out there. A lot of uh, in college football as well. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, and so it's probably it's going to be a lot more that we're going to be talking about in, in the coming weeks, months, and so just buckle in, strap in with us. Stay with us, and like you said, follow us on all our platforms that we just named, and uh, we greatly appreciate y'all and all that you you guys do for us and how you support us. Um, thank you, really, thank you. Yes, you guys are amazing. But that's the show, man. 
Yeah, we'll see you next week. Yes. I'll have a good one. Peace.